On today's It's Just Money, we have part one of our college football preview we have been so excited to share with you. It's a very important episode to us because college football is near and we have been waiting forever for it to start. Before we get to it, we want to talk to you about our friends at Viget. Viget is the number one app in the entire world. It is a social media sports betting app in which you can place picks within the app without wagering real money. It's perfect for a first-time gambler, long-time gambler. Place these picks, and you don't have to wager your real money. You can get coins by using the code It's Just Money when you first sign up. It's our favorite app in the world. You hear about it every week. We're back. Viget's always back. Let's go. Is that I never ask my clients to judge me on my winners. I ask them to judge me on my losers because I have so few. Tell them to bring me my money. Okay, we're back. It is the It's Just Money podcast presented by Viget. Massive episode, the college football preview part one. We have waited forever for this. We have been looking forward to college football more than any other thing in the entire world. Not all the boys are here, though. Reese got a second COVID shot. He's not, he's feeling a little bit under the weather, so he is not with us. He could be chasing cows and lying to us, but we'll find out later. Schaefer and JP are with us. Um, let's talk to him. JP, how are we doing? Doing great. Can't complain. No, you know, it's another day above ground, having a good time. It's August, starting to get closer and closer to football, and that's one of the best feelings ever. So I'm having a good time, having a beer, having a good time talking college football and um, okay, let's talk to Schaefer really fast. Schaefer, how's your life going? <laughs> I'm, I am fantastic. Boys, we are 18 days away from week zero of college football. And in any normal circumstance, I would be like, who gives a fuck about these games? But who, it's the first week of college football, and I'm going to be as excited about it as ever. We have two of the worst in the Big Ten clashing at noon with Nebraska and Illinois. We even Watch have it. a a nightcap uh, with San Jose State, Southern Utah. We have a little UCLA, Hawaii, um, UConn, Fresno State. So some very, very, very average games. But we finally got a full college football season coming, and I'm not going to be complaining. I'm done talking about realignment, and I'm done talking about NIL. I just want to fucking talk about football, real football. Also, the next week has a Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, I was going to say – I saw that. Um, we are excited to be back. We are excited for college football. We have a lot of massive content plans, which you cannot miss out on. So make sure you're following us on all social medias at It's Just Money Pod. Platform wide, it's across every platform. We are at It's Just Money Pod. So follow it if you haven't. Um, we're growing on Instagram really fast. So make sure if you're not on Instagram, do, do it because uh, we'll be posting more on there. A little life story for me. I've been good for the most part. However, today, this is news to JP. I already told Schaefer, but we, I went to my new job today as a full-time job as a landscaper um, with a college degree. I just thought it would be a good opportunity to make money, heavy hours, just a little life story here. I get out there today. It's 102 heat index in Omaha, Nebraska. I'm working for four or five hours and I black out, full on pass out in the middle of my job, um, holding a trimmer, fall back. Next thing I remember, I was waking up and there's still nobody around me. It had to have been probably five, 10 minutes later. And then I quit. 
so that's how my life's going. I feel great. Um, out looking for a new job. So um, am I? Am I next? You guys passed out. So am I? Am I? It's like the Grim Reaper knocking on my door. I don't. I don't know. I think you might be next or Reese. Um, but it's not looking good. Um, but we're happy anyway. College football is upon us. Um, we're going to talk a lot tonight. We have to talk about the Olympics. We'll wrap that up really short, really fast. Focus is mainly college football. I'm excited to bet on it. I'm excited to mostly not bet on baseball. I don't know about you guys, but baseball has been wildly tough these last couple of weeks. I lost um, my balance to baseball this weekend. So, yeah, I'm, tough. Ready, I'm ready for college football to start so I can get more money in my account. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is tough. Um, we're going to talk who's the surprise team of 2021 going to be, the team that takes a step back throughout college football, doesn't matter, the conference, storylines and headlines to pay attention to throughout the season. And then we're going to go conference by conference. Tonight we're going to focus upon the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12. And then at the end we'll do a little pick em. I don't even know what to call it. Schaefer came up with it. Or we'll pick a group of teams within a conference and we'll go off a point system of who wins that conference. We'll explain it a little bit later. It'll be a lot of fun. But we're going to talk a lot of college football tonight. So let's lead it off. News and note, noteworthy topics of college football for 2021. JP, you lead us off. Yeah, I just think one of the things to kind of pay attention to when you're looking at college football is all the new stuff that always pops up. Um, first, I want to mention the betting league again for us. Um, I know it's not specifically college football related, but definitely mention that. Um, get into our It's Just Money betting league on the Vigit app. You know, win 393 gets you in there. Bet against us. That would be awesome. I know there's times where we disagree in the podcast, and what we'll do is we'll go bet each other in the Vigit app because I'd rather take somebody's coins and just from the pot. So get in there. Um, we also have um, kind of one thing with a trip that we have planned. We're not going to – I don't know if we're going to release that yet for the boys and some other guys that are a little content planning there. We want to release that or we want to wait on that? Let's, let's, get, let's let them know. All right. Well, this kind of story starts when we were traveling uh, back in college for our school was playing a national championship game. We were driving down through uh, uh, the Southland a little bit and midnight stop or 3 a.m. or what was that shape? How early was like that? 1, 2 a.m. Oh, it was like 2 a.m. Stop at University of Arkansas, take some pictures, drive around campus, that kind of thing. It's kind of how it all started. Next thing you know, a couple years later, we're like, we want to go back to Fayetteville. So the boys are headed to Fayetteville. I feel and like we college going, game day. Yeah. <laughs> now it's the week before. <laughs> or Arkansas and Auburn. Yeah. <laughs> Auburn at Arkansas. It's going to be an absolute slugfest. But it's going to be Hopefully a great time. both teams – at least I hope one team is above 500 by the time that comes around because – I don't I'm know. I was looking at schedules, and I think both teams have a very good shot. They'll be fine. They might, they might be. I, Arkansas – I looked at Arkansas more than I have for Auburn, but – yeah, but Auburn's all going to depend on how Bo Nix does. Yeah, I was going to say, and the new coach. And Arkansas before that game has Rice, Texas, Georgia, Southern, Texas A&M, Georgia, Oof. Ole Miss. That's not good. So they, <laughs> in my mind. Good. That's not good. Three and three at best. Back at to back yeah. A&M and back to back Georgia. A&M and then Georgia's. I mean, that's tough. <laughs> they go to at, at Georgia at Ole Miss before they welcome Auburn. Good. Yeah. It should be a packed but game. That's just one of those things that is uh, – I told you we are doing content. We said we are doing content. There's your fucking content. We're going <laughs> all over the place. I deliver. Yeah, and we I, deliver for the people. Things, 
Yeah, it's one of those things that, like, me and Shiver always talked about where, like, you need to do why we're whatever, like, hanging out and young and not anything past town. Let's just do, like, destination game a year. Like, let's just go to one a year, and this is the first one we want to lead off with. And we're like, let's get everybody involved in this. And so we are, and everybody's coming with. Yeah, the boys will be in Arkansas. We're excited for that. Um, other news and noteworthy topics going around the world of sports, we cannot fail to mention that the U.S., won the Olympics, won the Olympics. I don't know how you really put that, but they won the medal count. Medal count and gold medals, which they won both. Yeah, so you got it. That's I guess that's the only way you would ever be able to win the Olympics. Team USA Basketball, who we kind of shit on, um, they win gold. Women's basketball wins gold. USA Volleyball wins gold. Uh, USA Baseball takes silver. Gable Stevenson with a last-second reversal and wins a gold medal, which actually – I turned the table first, technically. Yeah, put him ahead of – or the head of China. 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 Yeah. China. So, he wasn't wrestling someone from China, but he was um, – either way, he gets silver there. You still win the medal count, but you don't win gold to tie. Right. That's pretty crazy. Isn't that crazy how, like, that all worked out? It would have been crazy if that was, like, the last event of the whole Olympics. That was one of those things where I don't – I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Um, because I don't understand wrestling at all. And then they just like, I just saw the two points be held up and I was like, yes, like, I don't know what happened, but I think we won. Like, I have no idea how that happens or yeah. any of the points are scored. If you are, don't pay a lot of attention to wrestling, it's kind of hard to figure out. But if you do, like a lot of people in the Midwest and like I do, because I'm an Iowa fan and grew up around wrestling, wrestled as a kid, things like that. It's one of the most electric things to watch in the Midwest. Like Iowa, Iowa State, you and I all have good programs. Nebraska has a good – everybody in the Big Ten basically has a really good program. And then a lot of out east stuff. Um, Big 12, so, Oklahoma State. Well, yeah, I was getting there. I was going there. If Nebraska, if Nebraska wasn't a, a wrestling school, like it was, weren't so good at wrestling or, and volleyball, it would be a bowling school. Nebraska is fucking sick at bowling. They, like, win national titles, I guess. I don't know. But um, – uh, they win. They like welcome into the football game. That's like the only time I hear about them. They're like national champions. So I guess we're a bowling school. So tell me when Iowa like and Iowa, Iowa State's State, good bowling. Iowa State's a good cross country team. So we got that. That's sick. And a good track team. I don't know if they're good at cross country. I know they're good at track. Yeah. So none of our teams are football schools. Um, <laughs> we just wrapped that one up. Uh, betting baseball. We already talked about it being left behind. Um, I saw a post on TikTok from a guy who's like, everybody gets excited for college football, so they don't have to bet on baseball. And then they realize betting on college football is hard. And so they go back to baseball. That will not be us. I promise you that will not be us. I had the Red Sox this weekend, money line play um, against the Blue Jays. We were up comfortably eight to three. I couldn't have felt better. And we gave up a two-run bomb in the top of the ninth or, or the bottom of the eighth, sorry. At the bottom of the eighth for the Blue Jays to take a 9-8 lead, scored six unanswered runs, and the Red Sox didn't score a run for like four innings. That's, that's, that's baseball. Uh, it happens. It's, it's such a day-to-day sport, it really is, that it's like almost impossible to bet. But college football is upon us. We have to focus on it. We have to be happy. Um, positive vibes only. Baseball, you're getting left behind. Okay, let's dive in to other noteworthy topics, possible headlines and news for college football before it begins. Have you guys heard anything through the yeah. grapevine that is worthy talking about? So not necessarily through the grapevine, but kind of starting out on a somber note, Bobby Bowden's passing with something to kind of rock the college football world a little bit. Um, obviously, Florida State legend, college football legend, 
Um, really excited to hear about his passing, but it was really cool to hear like and read all these articles and stories about him during his time and his tenure and stuff like that. Um, so RP Bobby Bowden, those four state teams were unbelievable. Went to a uh, Bobby Bowden coached game at the age oh, of four. Yeah, I went to the game in Kansas City, Iowa State, Florida State. Seneca was in. Bobby Bowden's one of those people where like America loves a winner and Bobby Bowden's like the definition of a winner. Like that guy just won. Just a great dude. Second yeah. most all uh, time in wins. They said it, it was something crazy. And I feel like Saban easily is going to beat this anyways, but it was like 14 consecutive seasons of not being outside of the top five. That's absolutely incredible. I don't know what Saban's at or if he's got a good streak going, but that that seems almost untouchable. I think Saban's at eleven. Does that it, sound it, right? I mean, probably they've dominated the decade. Well, and uh, just one of those things that uh, you kind of look at is like Dabo's probably kind of close to that. But I mean, think about how hard that is. Like losing. T- I mean, granted, back in the day, you had usually a one-loss team in the national championship game, both out of both teams. But like two losses, and you're you could easily be outside the top five. One loss. I'm saying just even a, ba- a, a slip-up two-loss season oh, and, you yeah. could be out, and that streak would be over. Yeah, but I'm saying one loss can get you there too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that would be a really, really tough season. But, yeah. but okay. I mean, back to the Bowden thing, it's really cool that that's Doak Campbell Stadium at, or Bobby Bowden Field at Doak Campbell Stadium now, so that's forever entrenched in Florida State lore. Um, that's really cool. Um, more upbeat, positive note. I don't know if you guys saw this, but I just saw this the other day. De'Aaron King has signed an NIL, NIL deal with the Florida Panthers. Do you see that? Really? Yeah, yeah I saw that. He's basically just going to be someone who goes to, like, their events and games and things, does, like, meet and greets there to, like, attract <laughs> people to come in, and they that's his deal. He's with a professional. I saw, one, I saw one he was doing, and he was giving, like – I don't know. It was like out of a million bucks, and I thought he was given a hundred grand or I don't know, some portion of his money to like his offensive lineman or something. Yeah, dude. And then I, I just think it to do meet and greets and get paid. Does it pay that well for you to go and get like two things you would want to be? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I feel like if you're ready to meet and greet, I feel like Miami, especially like a fucking Florida Panthers fan, wouldn't be like, oh, we got to go to tonight's game. Derek King's gonna be signing autographs. We got to. You're also talking about the Florida Panthers, so it's like anybody to get people in the door. Yeah, yeah. they have, even when they're good, they have attendance problems sometimes. Like it's you're right, and you and also they, have to look at Johnny Manziel, who came out in that video a couple weeks ago, um, or maybe it just resurfaced from a long time ago, where he said he got thirty thousand dollars for signing like a thousand items. So maybe a meet and greet, yeah. you probably get a shit ton of money. So it was like probably, thirty cents, thirty cents under the side. Yeah. That's under the table, which just means if it's over the table, they don't care what they pay you. Yeah. Right. And, like, uh, another – I know I saw this tweet today – or not – yeah, I guess. Um, so, the kid from South Lake Carroll that's going to Ohio State early. I was just going to um, say that. What's his – yeah, what's his name? That's in Iowa, everybody. Ailers or yeah. something like that. Um, anyway, he signed a deal with a kombucha, Texas brand kombucha, and there's a tweet – it just had like Reddit college football tweeted out. It was like, if, if you were to show this to a college football fan, this video of him promoting kombucha, which would confuse them more? What's a tweet? What's kombucha? Why are college football players being paid? And why is he uh, missing his senior year of high school? It's like, which one would confuse them more? And it was like a poll. 
<laughs> it's like yeah, this thing, yeah. the first one number one was like what's kombucha <laughs> like I, didn't like much. I don't even know what the fuck that is i don't know i just I, know it's, i'm like 88 percent sure you just made that word up like kombucha? you just made that up yeah no i've never had it but like it's one of those things that like oh it's a food no it's like a drink i think yeah i think it's like a like, smoothie you know how like the health world always has like these trends that go around like at one point it was like those ghost energy drinks and then it was like you know, See, ghost I can get behind. Are, Kombucha sounds like it would give me a tummy ache. You know what I mean? Like, that's just a bad name. It is a bad name. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things that, like, is trendy in the health and fitness world where everybody thinks they need to have it. Yeah, that's that's health that's and fitness good. world forever. It's just, yeah. like, what's the name right now? Yeah, that's it. Kombucha. I think it's a thing, not a brand. What the? Okay. that That's that's very um, noteworthy. I, I know. I You learn something new every day. That's why we're here, actually. Yeah, it is. And is he eligible to play this right away, yeah. JP? Yeah, that was one of my. Yeah, we'll get to as that. As long as he, we'll get to I that. I think he had to pass like a GED or things like that, like something equivalent to a high school graduation. Yep. That's wild. Also, okay. from the last time we recorded, it is now official that Oklahoma and Texas will join the SEC in 2025. Um, the flip to the camera from JP, the flip of the bird is well enforced. That is tough. I think my favorite video of all time is that Texas Senator just absolutely shitting on their AD. Um, yeah. Did you guys see that? <laughs> I think she's yeah. a TCU grad or something. So I guess you'd rather lose to Alabama than TCU every year. <laughs> he goes, we're winning, but we don't want to win. We're not winning like we like to. And she goes, mm, three and seven against the Horned Frogs. <laughs> yeah, three and seven against the Horned Frogs last 10 years. <laughs> that's that's not good um i mean it's facts 100 percent true it is and then nobody and you're losing games at tcu nobody mentions the fact that he just quietly like under the radar said it's around 250 million dollars our athletic budget oh sorry fuck face you don't know the exact number in your top budget and they bring in more than that is that like that's just what was the point of that meeting anyways anybody know just to like make sure it's not like uh, I don't know exactly. The I, senator I probably called them like in to shit on him. Doing all this or what? I'm sure it had something to do with like the city's revenue and the state's revenue and you know like shit like that. I don't know. I'm sure yeah. like schools have to meet with state senators. Didn't change shit. It's all I know. Also, since we're talking about TCU, did you guys see that they're officially using the the spiked hand or whatever as a logo now? They have like a logo that is this. Like it's like thrown on their helmets as like an alternate. No, I think it's an alternate, but it's like it's just their hand gesture. That's it's a micro logo. No, it's like white with purple. No down. Is this offensive? Yeah, that's badass. Just do they get a penalty if they throw it down to the players? No, this looks like this looks like a bad innuendo. <laughs> for like for what does for like a vagina? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> like a. That's what that like. This looks like the horn. For, and you do this, it just doesn't bring the same. Like it. This and this is not this and this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I bet you they do put it on a helmet eventually. Maybe like on the front bumper, but not on the side. But who gives a shit? It's TCU. Um, <laughs> Rip. Bazoo. Yeah, I like TCU, actually. My, my, uh, my father has been to a TCU game. I do. Well, that's because I coached them in NCAA 14 during quarantine, uh, and we won a right. national title. Right. Um, awesome. My dad has seen a game there, and he said it's the least college football atmosphere he's ever been in. I've heard that about a couple places in the Big 12. 
Jack Trice, probably. It ain't no Hill. No. It could not be Jack Trice. No, okay. <laughs> could not be. Jack Trice, when it was bad, I went my junior whoa, year whoa, high school. Whoa, or come on. Like that. The first, we were really good at the first three games. Then when it got cold and we yeah. were terrible, everybody West Virginia, West Virginia came to Jack Trice one year. I was in high no. school. We went. No. And you could have thrown a paper airplane and not hit anybody that was sitting Yeah. There was less than we, we always sold out. when Even when Rhodes was around, we sold out the first three games. And when it got cold, I, and it still sucked. Attendance would be like 2,000 at those games. Like, it was so it bad. It was not was, fucking 2,000. They all took the cycle and warning too serious. It was, it was bad. Like, there was nobody there. Maybe That's I've tough. actually been to a game where there's been 1,000 people there. So, <laughs> I will say that. So, so, how can you tell me I'm wrong? <laughs> it was, no. Six years ago, there was not 2,000 people at the fucking game. There it was at least 10,000 people. It was probably me. Six years ago, it was probably one Either of them was way, me. When you you have a sixty thousand seat stadium and you're bringing in so little that I could throw a paper airplane forty five feet. I don't think it was the new the new end zone there. I don't think it would have been there. That would have brought in more people to play the game that can't be named in the in the corner. The, oh. <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever been to Jack Trice, you know what I'm talking about. Great game. It made me half the man I am today. Um, okay. Other news and noteworthy topics before college football starts. Yeah. Did you guys see the first top 25 rankings come out from USA Today, ESPN, things like that? Anything that strikes you? Because I have a couple of notes on those that I thought was interesting. Um, I did see that. I saw Sports Illustrated using the Horns Down logo, which I thought was very <laughs> non-PC for an, ES, or an ESPN company. I think you meant PG. It was not politically PC. correct. Oh, PC. I've never heard that. I've never heard PC for politically correct. What do you think? What do you think I was saying? I thought you meant to say PG. No, PC. I said PC. I've never heard PC for that. I mean, it's just like I was. You do? Are you trying to make it that a thing? I I don't know. I've just I've just heard it before. I don't know why. <laughs> why are you asking more questions about it? Uh, to answer your question, uh, LSU was a surprise for me on that list. Yeah, I'm, I have I'm I have that written down. Thirteen. USC and LSU above Miami after all the hype that was given to Miami in the offseason, and you're going to put USC and LSU, who LSU just lost Miles Brennan a week ago, is now still above a team that you have been hyping up the entire offseason and has a Heisman contender quarterback. I thought the uh, I thought Oklahoma State and getting in the top 25 was interesting because I, I mean. There's a lot of respect for Gundy and Sanders right now. Yeah, which I don't think Spencer Sanders is that great. He's just no, had I don't think he great offensive that. weapons with him his two years there. Yeah, well, like, USC to me, it's Keaton Slovis, absolute animal, I'll never knock that kid. I'm not a USC guy, so I always think they're too high because until they prove me wrong. And I get they went undefeated last year, whatever. Should have lost two games. Should have lost that first game to Arizona State, um, and they should have lost a couple other ones. But it's like – them and LSU above Miami is strange. Like, there hasn't been the talk about LSU. If anything, LSU has been talked as being overhyped. Miami's the one that's like, dude, Miami, 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 De'Eric King. Like, you got all these things going their way, and they're ranked below those two? I think another random team on that list is Ole Miss. Like, I, I, I get it. They didn't have, like, the worst year in the world, but, like, they're having, to be like, above a- teams like Northwestern. Yeah. And it's Liberty like late surge, like like everybody's kind of hyping them up later as we get closer to the year. Like you know what I mean? Like their train's kind of taking off now. And they only came in one vote behind Coastal, and 
two votes behind Louisiana Lafayette, who both had unreal years and returned a decent amount of players. What about what about that? Liberty not getting in, but Coastal's getting in the top twenty-five. That's that's kind Coastal, of Coastal returns twenty people, twenty yeah. starters. I believe. Bro, like, what? And brings back fifteen or something but, like that outside of Malik Willis. Yeah. Like, see. It, it, here's here's the nod. Then they played. I get that, but I think Coastal just brings way more back than Liberty does, and I still really like that Liberty team. I think Malik Willis for Heisman. I'll buy that T-shirt when it comes out. Uh, Jay, he he's got a brand and a logo now. Maybe I'll buy one of those. Is he really? That's yeah. sick. Um, and I like Liberty, but I think Louisiana and Coastal have so much coming back with already you know coaches with hype behind them, and they also have. Um, quarterbacks coming back like you have Grayson McCall coming back for Coastal who is an absolute animal and then you have Levi um, Lewis for Louisiana who's coming back like they like they got pieces and so I think that's why if you're I, I, for me the biggest shock on the entire list we haven't even mentioned it yet like we we mentioned teams that probably shouldn't be there but this one I, I don't see it Penn State at 20 I think I I mean I like that I think Penn State, Penn State seems yeah. low to me I was going to say that I think Oregon seems too high, and I think Washington doesn't yeah. deserve to be in there. Nebraska won three this games last year, friends. and one of them was dominant fashion over Penn State. This is why we're friends, because I – Parks pointed out the LSU-USC thing when I had that written down, and you just pointed out Oregon at eight. I had that written down as my two things. Oregon, too high. I don't think Washington should be in there either. I don't oh, think no, 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 no. I think they should. They should. I don't know how high. I wouldn't go any higher than they are. No, Washington should dev- – Penn State has no business being there. It's That's a like a – It's a Penn State buy-in to they're going to come back and have a good year this year. They were f- horrible last year. Correct. Awful. I don't think – I don't think that – I can't yeah. see that Penn State team being good in the Big They 10. still have Jahan Dotson. Like, they have a lot of pieces. Like, they just had such a strange year last year, and, I, and Iowa beat the shit out of them too. And I was not impressed with them, but I just think there's too much talent on that damn roster. Um, like in all honesty, like Jahan Dotson, absolute animal. He was an animal last year. Um, Sean Clifford again, but like, you know, what, what's Sean Clifford going to get? Yeah. yeah. Like interception, fumble, Sean Clifford probably. Does that want to? Does that? that uh, you guys want to move into the first topic then? Because you guys are kind of stealing all of my uh, thunder. Oh, well, we didn't mean to do. That. No, 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 no. We didn't mean to do that. <laughs> no, I just kidding. I'm just kidding. We can, let's let's roll into that. Let's go into that. Okay, well, let's jump into it. Next topic on the docket for tonight: the surprise team of 2021. Who is it going to be? I think I know Schaefer's answer now. Yeah, I say, I mean, I might as well. First? Yeah, I might as well roll with it. I think it's Penn State, okay. and honestly. I don't even know if I can put them as a surprise team. And people are like, oh, last year, last year, last year. I'm like, okay, yeah, they started off 0-5. That is horrific. They won their last four. Like JP said, Dotson's an absolute stud. And it really says something when you have a fifth-year quarterback in, in Clifford that he's bringing a lot of experience. Yes, was last year not ideal. No, but we lost a lot of guys. Time, at the same time, it was not ideal, but he was still, I think – 16 or 16 tutties, nine picks. So, like, a little much on the picks, but, like, his ratio wasn't that bad. But, okay, so that's what I'm saying. That's where I'm going. It's 2019 season when he he was 23 and 7 for his interception touchdown ratio and led him to 11 and 2. The dude can get it done. They fired their offensive coordinator. I don't know a lot about the new one they hired, but 
from what I was reading, it's a lot of good stuff about them. They're really impressed with hiring. They were second last year in total offense. Um, but like you said, JP, nine interceptions in a nine-game season, is that's not good. So Clifford's got to oh. take care of the football if they want to go back to success. And it's, it's fucking Penn State. They bring in four or five-star guys every single year. They, and I don't even know the whole situation with Penn State as far as COVID situations last year. You know, the Big Ten was starting fall camp, and then they stopped it, and then they began back in fucking October playing in front of nobody. I don't really take anybody seriously as a threat or as not a threat from the Pac-12 and or, um, and or the Big Ten. So, I don't know. And this, this, these are just notable games for Penn State to get yeah. back on track. They got to win these games. If, first of all, first game of the year, they got to prove it. Week one at Wisconsin. That's huge. I think if they can start it off by winning that football game, I think the ceiling is really high for this team. Yeah, you want to talk about a game that's going to tell a lot in the Big Ten where you have a lot that's of high public confidence. Nebraska and Illinois. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> then they got they got a, they actually have a good non-conference game. They have Auburn at home. That's going to be that's going to be a good test. And then they got their I, from what I picked out their two toughest conference games after that. It's going to be at Kinnick in Iowa City, and then they got at Ohio State, which, yeah, I mean, that's they, fucked that one up as a loss. They but, play Indiana at home, then in Iowa City, Illinois at home, at Ohio State in that four-week stretch. They returned their two leading receivers and all three running backs. <laughs> we got reps Whoa. last year. Hold on, Mike Bick's back. <laughs> all three running backs who got reps last year are returning. So they got offense all around the board. And you know, uh, you know, Franklin's gonna bring back new recruits, keep things going. I don't, I just don't think that's the definition of Penn State football. There are, are a we... couple of other teams in the Big Ten. I would be like, okay, they need to fix their shit, or some people can get fired. But we'll definitely get to that one later. Are we yeah. James Franklin fans? I don't dislike James Franklin. Okay, I, don't I think he's all right. He's type up to be. Yeah. I mean, he does a good job. I don't think he does a great job. I don't think he's making that program. I think that program is just maintaining itself at this point in time. Yeah, and it's it, it's a juggernaut of a side in their division for the Big Ten. I mean, also uh, offensive coordinator coming in, Mike Yurich from Texas. Yeah, there we and go. Have, Thank you. Um, yeah. After that whole blow up in Austin, and so I don't know what they. I mean, Texas had a good offense. I just think James Franklin sees something in which. He had Sam Ellinger, or your Ted Ellinger in Texas. I think he thinks he can implement that with Clifford, that kind of style offense. Because that is – they do run similar schemes with, like, a spread them out, um, kind of run-heavy situation. Uh, and, you know, they'll put dots in any situation in any part of the line – or in the formation to get him the ball. Um, defensively, usually they're rock solid, but we'll see. Uh, I think the – I mean, just the talk of Penn State's been about – how can Franklin react? What will Sean Clifford do? And Jahan Dotson. I think that's where everything lies for them this nope. year. Okay. Schaefer's surprise team of 2021 is the Penn State Nittany Lions after we just kind of poo-pooed on them, or at least I did um, for a little bit. Let's go to JP. JP, if you steal my team, I'm going to be in shambles. All right. Well, I, I wrote down I'll, – I'll say I wrote down three, but technically <laughs> only two. And here's why. Here's my explanation. So my number – the two teams that I have an or in between is Missouri or Kentucky. Okay. Kentucky. Sorry, yeah. I didn't want to pick for you, but Kentucky. Okay. So listen – but with those two, right, those two have to play each other gate, or week number two. They have very similar schemes, and they're very 
I don't know how you kind of explain it because Kentucky's kind of on the up and up in the SEC. They haven't become that pushover anymore. They're starting to get more and more. Um, I do like Mark Stoops a lot. I think he's done a lot for that program. Missouri's one of those things that catching their footing again after, you know, early in their years in the SEC, they were in an SEC title game. Yeah. Um, and so I think these two teams are very similar. The fact that they have to battle it out is just – that's why I say or. You know what I mean? So – you know, for oh, me, make or break point yeah. for either team to win that football game. Yeah, and, and, Maybe the and difference between eight and four, or six and six, or nine and three, and six and six. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like Kentucky is one of those teams that is never going to get looked at as just, you know, like the biggest, you know, the big swing and you know what in the party. But it's just one of those things where they have a lot of transfers coming in. They got a good coach. Um, they're in the SEC East, which helps a ton when you're in that conference. And so they have opportunities to win football games. Like, don't get me wrong here. I mean, they have a good running back in uh, Chris Rodriguez. That's just coming – that's coming back and, you know, hopefully going to be the guy carrying the load for them. Um, I do think that Mark Soups is capable of making that team just an absolute horse in the East. And so eight wins, nine wins is not that unfathomable to me. Like – you look at games, obviously Missouri, um, Florida. I'll say hmm, Missouri just because they're on the same level. Teams that are notable, they go, they have Florida, LSU, Georgia in a row. Um, two of those games at home, and then they end the year with, you know, the easier part of their schedule. It's so like right in the middle is where that meet is. And so I think that team's one to watch out for. Um, and with Missouri, on the other hand, like, uh, Connor Bazalak. I don't know how you say his name. Bazalak. Bazalak. There's so many weird names in college football. Yeah. Not sure how to say it, but uh, you know, um, Dirkwitz is one of those guys that's kind of under the radar again. Like, just not a lot of hype behind the guy. He doesn't do one thing great. People don't hate him. People don't love him. Like, he's just kind of been there. But people like Missouri this year. Like, and I'm not, I'm not going to back off and say like relax or anything like that. But like. I think they have a favorable schedule. Coming from 10 days of vacation in Missouri, I can tell you that all their fans agree with you. I mean, I I took it with a grain of salt just because we're in Missouri. Um, And I don't know how crazy Missouri fans get. I've never been down to Columbia for a game, never played it. I've played them in a couple bowl games. We're supposed to play them last year in a bowl game that COVID took a handle of. But I just think they have – like they weren't bad last year. And they were five and five, but like they weren't bad. Like if you go look at their, they have a bad loss against Tennessee, and then they got blown out by Florida and um, Florida and Georgia. And like okay, so whatever. But they have Kentucky, tough game, and then they have Texas A and M at home, at Georgia, Florida at home. Like the three games that it's all you're worried about. Like you know what I mean? Like. To me, that's a favorable schedule, especially when you're in the SEC. You don't have to go play Alabama. Like, you don't have to go um, to A&M. They come to you. I mean, t- at Georgia's the toughest one there. So, I think that team's one to pay attention to. And that's – and I, I don't know if I – Missouri over Kentucky. You like Missouri? No, I'm asking you. Oh, I don't – You have to mention, if you're going to talk about Kentucky – Wandale Robinson transferring from Nebraska. He's going to be a stud yeah, for him this year. That's going to be absolutely – that's an amazing get. It's one of the best transfer portal guys um, from last year. I think that's going to be – I think he'll fit in really well to what they do too. So, 
we'll see how that all works. Um, and this then guy, my, Murray's got a really big uh, transfer from Ohio State at receiver, Mookie Cooper. I love that name. Mookie Cooper? It's a great name. He's a, he was a former blue shipper, so I don't know. He's got right. the, He's got and the then my last My last team to pay attention to could be a surprise team. And this is strictly because I love the quarterback. I think he's an animal. I think he's got a solid prospect, um, you know, um, portfolio already built up. I got Boston College. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. So I, I, this one's a little deeper into the barrel. Like this one's a little, little bit of a colder take to start. Like you're, you're reaching pretty far into the barrel for this fish. But for me, I see it as this. Philip Jerkovich is one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC outside. Like he can play with Hal and De'Aaron King, I think, easily. He's top three, if not better than one of them. I just think he's not around the same athletes as the other two. Like the guy's got an absolute cannon. He threw for over 2,500 yards and 17 TDs and five picks last year in a team that just started to get away from ground and pound, the I formation pro style offense. And so it's just, to me, I think that's incredible. And I think they have a situation where the ACC is strong, but they're not unbearable for them. You know what I mean? Right. So I think they have a chance to win the Atlantic. The Atlantic's always up in the air anyway. And so, okay. So here's games that I have on here that I have highlighted, circled, whatever you want to say. At Clemson, obviously, anytime you play Clemson, no matter where it is, they go – they have NC State at home and then Florida State at home. Right? Like – Winnable games. Yeah. And what what doesn't hurt but doesn't help, I guess. I don't know how I'm looking at this, but to me it makes sense. At Clemson is already a tough game. Like, your odds of winning that's pretty low. But when you bring the other two home – that increases your chances of already having, like you already had a really good chance to win that football game. Now you have a really like a great chance. And so that's a team I would pay attention to. I'd see them around eight or nine wins. Obviously Virginia Tech's one on schedule to pay attention to, but Bill Jerkovic and Boston college. That's my surprise team. Okay. Well, to finalize it up, I think my surprise team might've been given away. I picked them in our win totals talk. Uh, I think it's the Washington Huskies. I think they had a decent year last year, obviously really short due to COVID. They were three and one, um, not great against the spread. However, they were two and two against the spread. Um, no, correct. Correct. One and three against the spread. That's not good. Um, however, they're a little bit young, only two seniors in the projected starting lineup across the board. So two out of 22 I players. I like that though. I like that the young, because that's surprising what a young team does well. So that would play right into this. Yeah. Dylan Morris, redshirt freshman's expected to start a quarterback for him, backed up by Pat O'Brien. Great quarterback name, by the way, Patrick O'Brien. It's a great quarterback. Like somebody name. who grows a Fu Manchu and played quarterback in the 80s. Yeah, that's also true. Um, and then linebacker Zion, bear with me on this, Zion Tupola Fitui. Fitui, um, Pac 12 name. Um, he had a big year last year. He had 13 tackles in four games and seven of them were sacks. So seven sacks in four games is irate. Um, first team all pack 12 last year. He's returning, uh, along with Ryan Bowman, who's one of the two seniors. He's going to be a stud this year. So I think Washington's defense, um, they have a pretty good year. They, they're led by Jimmy Lake, who's been good there. Um, they have a pretty cakewalkish schedule. So I think nine wins, the over-under total is eight and a half. I think it's well within the realm. Um, their schedule is as follows. It's Montana, 
then at Michigan, then Arkansas State, then California, then at Oregon State, then UCLA, then at Arizona, then then they get to their tougher part, and that's at Stanford, Oregon, Arizona State, and Colorado. Yeah, I so, think those three games are going to tell the tale. Those three games will tell the tale for sure. But, like, they're, they're tough non-conference gaming at Michigan, a team that's been down the last few years. is a good. There's a good chance this team starts 5-6-0 and oh, um, before they get to that kind of murderer's row, which I've seen a lot of teams have this year, one of them being Nebraska. Um, another one JP just mentioned. With the, like, There's a lot of teams that have, like, three straight weeks with games that they could get blown out. Like, it could go either way. Um, but that, that stretch of Stanford, Oregon, Arizona State, and Colorado will definitely tell the tale, um, and that'll be our late push for nine wins because I already had that bet in. So we need the Washington Huskies to win nine games, and I think they do so. I think this is the prize team of 2021. Bang. I like that one. Seven, seven returners on offense, eight on defense. I think they're primed for a good year. It'll be the first year um, you know, with Jimmy Lake in a full year. So we'll really see how that plays out. He gets his first off season with off season with all his guys to kind of implement things and go through everything in camp. So um, anytime you get that situation in a weird year, so your first year, you're going to make big strides. And I think even more now that they've had to play with like limited camp and practice, now they get a full year to actually dive into it. So we'll see how Washington does this year, but there's your surprise teams, Penn state, Washington, Boston college, Kentucky, and Missouri. So watch out for those teams on the gridiron this year. Okay, jumping to teams that take a step back. Who jumps a step backwards in college football this year? Um, I'm going to go first, and I'm not going to dive into it that much because there's not much to talk about other than everybody thinks this. Um, I think Northwestern is going to be way, way worse than they were. God, bless America. Is that what you were going to say? I think Northwestern is going to be far worse. They and lose I, a actually, lot. Of I'm happy you said it because they have Iowa's number every freaking year, and it's the, one of the toughest games for Iowa to win. So I'm happy you said it, and I didn't have to say it. So maybe I we didn't. talked about this in the in another podcast. It's like after a good conference championship year, Fitzgerald always takes another dip for two years, and then he'll be back somehow so, in some random ass way. I think Northwestern has a down year. Is, is that yours, Schaefer? No, I don't. Oh. I'm excited for mine, though. I am excited to tell mine. Okay, well, we just told – I think Northwestern takes a step back. Many people do. Um, they lost a shit ton of starters. Um, but they I, do bring in Holinsky from South Carolina. So they bring in a quarterback who's got a name. And so right. I think that helps a little bit. But I do think they are far worse than what they were last year. And I think last year was a little bit of a fluke. And I'm not a fan of Pat Fitzgerald. I don't think he does anything wrong as a human being. I just hate him. Um, okay, Schaefer, what do you got? I think I'm going to rip JP's heart out here by saying this, but my team to take a step back and or be a disappointment this year is the Arizona state sun devils. I, that's not ripping my heart out. I just really like Jaden Daniels. You love that. You love Jaden Daniels and you love that team. I I think they've got so much going on around them right now. And then almost too much hype that it's possible. It, I, it, it is impossible. They Okay, I will give it to them. They have Jan- Daniels coming back. They're returning 15 starters. John White. I, I get all of that, okay? There's a lot of reasons to be hype over the, this guy. And also, keep in mind, Daniels doesn't turn the ball over. I thought he did. Looking at his stats, he's 22-3 and three at his TD to turnover uh, interception ratio over his career, which is really impressive. But the thing is, is like, why isn't it resulting to really good years? I think that Herm's best years have been eight and five. He's 11, 11 in conference play. He's really not had, he's been very average this entire year or his entire career. And 
this is the year that he needs to finally get off the hump and get going. Because if not, to be completely honest, I think if they don't make the Pac-12 South title this season, it's definitely a bust and it's definitely something to consider uh, Herm Edwards on the hot seat. I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd fire him depending how bad they would put him on the hot seat if they have a bad year this year. Oh yeah. Why? It's going to be his fourth year. Like I said, one was a COVID year. Okay. But they weren't, I mean, they were okay, but it was probably going to be the, that's what I'm saying. It was, they were two and two. It was going to be another average year for him. They should have went three and one. When you have a starter and when you have a veteran like Jaden Daniels, you can't afford to have a bad season this year, you just, especially with the returners. You just can't. But here's, this is why I'm saying it. it's going to get tough for him, depending on how well Thompson Robinson plays and how well see UCLA. That's another fucking team that needs to get their shit together. UTR. They have at UCLA, at Washington, at Utah, which I'm very high on this year, and USC at home, which is good for them, but – Yes, they, they got they got robbed last year, and USC should never win the game. It doesn't matter. Brand new season. Obviously, USC is going to not take that um, for granted this time around, and they're going to want to, you know, put that team away. One thing, though, that they do have going for them is their joke of a non-conference schedule. Southern Utah, BYU, UNLV. I don't think BYU is going to be that good this year. Um, it is at BYU. That might, be, that might be a test to see how good this team might be, but – I think their conference schedule is really tough. They, got, they have a lot of tough road games. Um, and I just don't – I don't know. I'm not bought into the Herm Edwards hype. I think it's another eight-win season for them, maybe. Even even with returning 20 starters, you think that they they just I got, don't perform? I, was, I got 15, but I, I just – I don't know. I don't – well, how good do we think those starters are? I mean, they're – like I said, they were 8-5 and five two years ago. They were 2-2 two and two last year, and it's like, yeah, they should have beaten USC, and they were on the up and up, but it's like – I don't know. It's just kind of the same shit different year with Herm Edwards. Yeah, I mean – Look at the guy's NFL record. It's like 30 games below 500 or something. Like, I saw it today. Different than college. I get it, but – it's it's like everybody associates Herm Edwards as this great coach, and it's like he's really not. Well, to me, Arizona State's in a spot where they can – it's going to be no middle ground. It'll be great or it'll be bad. I don't think they'll find themselves around seven or eight. Or like, to me, seven would be a very bad year for them. And, and to me, also, when you have an offense like you did last year, like you were – explosive you had a lot of big plays you ranked seventh in the country and you know yards per play if that number goes it's at 7.3 i believe or seven something seven five maybe from last year in yards per play if they dip below five on that that's a disappointment because what they have at their disposal in the backfield with um rashad white and obviously Jaden daniels is just it's one of the best one-two punches in the country let alone the pac-12 and so that's just one of those things that they it's got to go forward and the ship's got to sail now with everybody aboard. So, and you worry about the off field stuff becoming an issue for these guys. So if you're asking me, like there's a lot on their plate now, there's a lot going on. Too much for old Hermie. Okay. That wraps up teams that take a step back in 2021. Uh, before we go to our next topic, I got one. I got one. I was saying what? Northwestern or. No, I mean, it was one, but I had a backup one. Oh, you have another one. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, and I've talked about this before. I've been a hater forever. Not not a hater, just not a believer. USC. Mm. 
we got pretty. I feel like we have this conversation every year. Oh yeah, every year. Because they oh they're like Notre Dame. They're just blown up every year. You can't say Notre Dame because Notre Dame's been to the playoff what two times in the last. I mean, since the playoff. I mean, they yeah they they get blown out yeah. and they don't show up. But I mean, they're around every, the top year. every year. Every year. Every year. I mean, they bring back Keaton Slovis. They have other pieces at their disposal. I think they have – they always have talent. But you got to remember how bad their recruiting classes were from the last couple of years. I mean, at one point, they literally had the worst recruiting class in the Pac-12. They had zero guys from, I believe it was 2021 or 2022's class – or 2020's class that zero of them were from the L.A. area. Like, it was just bad. That's impossible. Wasn't happened. Look it up. Reggie Bush and Matt Leiner had an absolute aneurysm after Iowa. Molly Watt them I, I, in the Holly Double. That it was just like the biggest. Let's watch USC alumni cry on live TV instead of talking about the football games that are going on this weekend. Um, and I think like they have a fav- favorable schedule. They don't really challenge themselves out of conference too much, other than um, Notre Dame. Um, they do have San Jose State first game of the year. Upset special? I would say, don't say that. Don't say it. But I do like Keaton Slovis. I just don't think this team is going to be as great as everybody thinks. Um, and 5-1, five 5-0 and and in Pac-12 last year is a little misleading because they should have lost a couple games. They played close with Arizona, who was bad. Arizona State, they should have lost that football game. Um, close game at UCLA, and then they got beat by Oregon. So that's where I'm at on that. That's my pick. Okay. I have to mention it really fast. I saw a tweet the other day. I'm not sure what account it came from, but it was a great tweet. It said that it's talking about the college football playoff committee and how they don't want non-power five teams or they haven't picked non-power five teams due to the fact that they don't want them to get blown out. And then it had the scoreboards of all the college football playoff games. They're almost all fucking blowouts. So is this the year? That's my question. Is this the year that a group of five team gets in? Is that, is that your, is, is that the, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Is that the next? Is that the next topic? The storyline? No, no, no. Just a quick question before you, oh. we go. To, we go. Uh, to no. Sorry. Uh, I'm gonna go with no because I just think there's too much at the top now. I think the top has gotten more packed than Georgia, Texas there are A&M. A lot of good teams out there. Um, I think it's just gotten more packed. Not necessarily that the power, non-power, or the G5 teams haven't gotten better because they've gotten better too. Like there's more and more of them that are getting better and better. But I think, you know. Only so many cookies can fit at the top of the cookie jar. You know what I'm mean? like that kind of analogy. So, and it's I just feel like it's going to be deja vu. You know, it's going to be Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and uh, Alabama. I just same thing, different year. It points that direction, but you also have teams that are getting better and better. There are a couple. There, you know, A and M, Georgia, you know, North Carolina might give it a run. Iowa I, State. Yeah. I, I don't want to say it. Hopefully, the Cyclones give it a run. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It, I Nebraska. Just feel like a Pac-12 team could come in here. Like, I think a Pac-12 team could sneak in. I think an yeah, Oregon or a Washington that, I was going to say that. I don't think a fucking Pac-12 team has a shot in hell. I think no, I think those teams are going to beat up on each other, and I don't think there's a chance none of them are going to give it I think they, a run. I think it's possible. I, think. I don't – I kind of – I'm on the same train as Schaefer. I don't see a team in that conference being dominant above the rest no. like Alabama is. I see USC beating – Washington one week, and then I see Washington beat Oregon one week. Oregon beats Utah. Utah yeah. recycles back to USC. Oklahoma's going to fucking beat everybody. What do you mean? You, or every year, Oklahoma has a situation where they lose a bad game. So if they, if, if they with an even Iowa State team, lose that game and then lose one more against some rando, 
Iowa State does the same thing. If they lose to Iowa State and they need you I think it's an impossibility. Like that is beyond possible. I'll put my life savings. Either Iowa State or Oklahoma. Neither of those teams will both have two losses. Not a chance in hell. There's definitely possible. Life savings. I would say guarantee one of them has two losses. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. But neither, not both of them. Not a chance both of them would have two Okay, losses. you said that wrong because I was about to take that bet. I was like, I'll take it. I'd, I'd put that line at about plus 400 that they both have two losses. I was going to say plus 800. I, I think it's more possible more. than you think it is. I think it's way more possible than you think it is. Schaefer, you are floating on scary karma, just bad, bad vibes ground. That's fine. No, it's fine. I, I, I am highly regarding of Oklahoma more than anything. It's not Iowa State. I think Oklahoma is going to just take care of the Big Twelve this year. I don't. Except for Week easy. Four. I think Week Four they're going to be just fine. Just like any other week, I think they're going to take care of pretty much everybody. I'm not talking about Iowa State. I'm talking about Oklahoma. Okay, that's fair. All right, just a quick question, just to stir the pot. Okay, before we get into our next topic, uh, let's get a uh, little shout-out from uh, JP about our friends over at Vigit. Yeah, you know, there's one thing that, you know, men love to do. They like to have a nice cold beer. They like to hang out with their buddies, and they like to have a good time and gamble and be right. So – be right against your buddies this coming college football season. Get on the Vigit app and bet against your friends. Join the betting league for It's Just Money podcast with Bet393 and code It's Just Money. Um, this is a non-pay-to-win platform where you don't have to pay to play. You don't have to put any money down. You bet with Bitcoins, and we can give you Bitcoins by using code It's Just Money when you sign up for the Vigit app. We love the Vigit app. We use it every day. We use it every week. We're going to use it more and more as soon as college football gets around. So get on that platform today and join us and bet your buddies and make sure you're right at the end of the day. Love it. Also, adding on to the Bigot Talk, massive plans for Bigot this month. There's going to be a reboot of the app that's going to include things that you do not expect. If you're a Bigot user right now, you can't wait. I don't even have to tell you what it is, and we're I promise you, you can't you. wait. We know. Yeah, but we're we can't. Yeah, we can't. Um, we're super excited for it. So make sure you get the app today. And if you don't download it when the new stuff comes out, because it's going to be the greatest app in the entire world. And we are so thankful for our friends at Bigot. Okay. Thanks, yeah. We, we love you. Schaefer, what do you think about it? Love you. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love okay. It. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to, I'm going to play like 10 games every Saturday on the app. So, oh yeah. Cause I'm, I'm going to need something on every single game and I don't have the money to put something on every single game so okay let's jump to conference by conference previews we'll lead off with Schaefer and we're going to start with the ACC um, who takes the conference who's going to compete in it obviously teams that are not going to be up there Duke Syracuse do not need to be mentioned but get a little in-depth with your analysis of the ACC who takes it this year are we going to see another Clemson year go ahead I mean obviously I think we're just going to all plan for another Clemson year but it's kind of interesting because the coastal division like GP mentioned before is it's such an up and down year and I mean there are like there are probably four maybe five teams that can honestly compete for a shot at in Clemson in uh Charlotte and then where they play the and then where they play the right yeah yep. championship yep. so yeah I don't know I think that UNC and Miami are obviously going to be the favorites just because of you know when you have Heisman quarterbacks Heisman potential quarterbacks, 
obviously that's going to give you the best shot. I think Howell is – I'm going to say he's the best quarterback in the conference for right now. Obviously, we're going to wait until DJ gets a full season under his belt. See what he's made of, okay? But for right now, I'm going to give it to Sam Howell. I think he's an absolute stud. But at the same time, you can't sleep on teams like Virginia Tech, like you talked about, like Pitt, for example. We were big on Kenny Pickett last year. When you bring in when you Let's bring talk in, about those two teams because that's, that's something I'm happy you brought that up because these are two teams that on that side of the conference are interesting to me because Kenny Pickett's back for his fifth year. He's one of those guys that's been around. He, you've seen, I think, almost as much as I like – you know, to be like a pseudo pit fan or whatever in the ACC. Um, Kenny Pickett's kind of hit a ceiling, it feels like. And, like, yeah. how far can you really carry a team in your fifth year when you're not getting the same weapons around you, you're not getting the same defense you've had in years past, whereas vice versa, Fuente and Virginia Tech's kind of sitting on his last, you know, leg here. Like, he, he's sitting on one of those lawn chairs that's had the, two of the legs kicked out. Like, he's like, has to hold himself up. Like, and so – I think they have an opportunity to be really good. They could be a sneaky team. Like, we didn't mention them earlier, but, like, that team could be very solid. And a lot of people are high on um, Rex and Burmeister, however you say his last name, at quarterback. He's just an athletic guy. And Virginia Tech, to me, can be a problem for a lot of people, but they could also be, you know, kind of sit where they've been. And yeah, so they're, they're always the most average team of yeah. all time. They, pro- they probably have a top three DB in, in the ACC as well. And, and Dorian – yeah. Dorian Strong, he's a monster. Um, so Vodtech's always there, and if you play Vodtech at home in a night game, you're probably going to lose anyway. So that team's always one to look out for. But I think Pitt's probably going to beat them. I think Pitt's a better team. I think if Miami can get a stronger offense going this year, and all signs are a go that Derek has had a fully uh, full recovery and that he's doing great from the reports that I've read. Um, defensively, I think they're going to be just as strong as they were last year. They gave up only 26 points a game. Um, they actually picked up a guy out of Georgia in the transfer portal. Corner for him. But, yeah, and then actually I didn't know this, in, but Diaz is actually going to be calling the plays on defense this year for him, which is something new for his system. I don't know how that's going to play into it. And on the other side – one strong defense, the top favorite, North Carolina, their defense is kind of the problem. You know, they bring back all these guys on offense, and Mac Brown's this great offensive mind. But last year they gave up 18 40-yard plays. Uh, that, Brown. Is, that is way too much for the little games that they did play in a COVID year. Um, so they got to figure it out uh, defensively. I mean, even go back to that A&M game. What was it? If they could just string together a couple of stops, you know, they it would have been a lot better for them. But – what was it 56 to 44 or something crazy like that? I don't know. Yeah. So in, to me, the ACC is a three horse race. It's, it's Clemson, North Carolina, Miami. And I, and I've been high on North Carolina state. If you read the blog, I tweeted out and write ups on futures and things like that. I'm high on that. I love that win total Boston college. Again, I mentioned earlier in this pod, those are teams that could make some noise and be a problem and maybe a couple upsets along the year, but it's a three horse race. And the crazy thing about those three is that they all have quarterbacks Clemson to an extent all have quarterbacks with, you know, they're already set in stone. They, people know what to expect out of them, you know, do or DJ, like you've seen them a little bit, but you haven't seen them in a full year. You've seen Sam Howe, you've seen De'Aaron King, you know, they're both game changers and can elevate the guys around them. Um, but it's a three horse race. 
and I'll, I'm not going to say who I pick. And is you it know, really a three horse race? It's a three horse race, and and here's like say, the, no, it's a three horse race, and I say it because Clemson or North Carolina and Miami are going to have to play each other, and so you're, that's tough. That's the tough part. I wish one yeah. of those teams were playing Clemson, you know, on the other yeah. side. You can't say two horse race because what if the you know what I mean? Like it's between those three. Yeah. How much? So, how much of a sleeper is NC State when that game comes out? What? It, well, how much of a underdog are they going to be? Which game? Who they well, I gotta see what week that is. Their and their offense is is really good. I mean, you, you made a great point in your in your article. I mean, their their parts per game jumped up a full touchdown. They jumped up from twenty two to thirty points per game just on last year. They're ret- returning both of their leading receivers, and I mean, I don't know. They, State is week four for Clemson, and Clemson will have played South Carolina State, Georgia, and Georgia Tech. So they're going to have one really tough game and two kind of push them. So if they score a lot of points, I think that's a possibility that you see a higher line. Um, North Carolina State, on the other hand, uh, if I can find their schedule, I think that line seven. Is seven sound crazy? Uh, kind of. <laughs> I, I was heard, double digits. I'm gonna be. I was. I'm gonna go be double digits on that. It's I gotta go double first. digits. At least. At least ten. It's at, it's at North Carolina State. Okay. Well, they got USF. They got at Mississippi State, and they got Furman. Those are the three games. They got the. They got the Texters uh, after Clemson. Yeah, so they. They could be three and zero with a win over Mississippi State and Mike Leach. No. Yeah. I would, I would agree. They're two and one. The line's higher. If they're three and zero. Oh, I think it's lower. I think seven, I'd seven to ten. I'll give you, or I'll give you seven to eleven. Could that be a top twenty-five matchup from both teams? Could, no, I don't think they rank NC State that early unless something happens. They're yeah. because their wins wouldn't be that crazy. Yep. Well, if you look at the other side, you got Miami. Their schedule's not a, yeah. anything no. to blink at. They open up with Alabama, <laughs> then they go <laughs> Appalachian State. Then Michigan Miami State. could be forgot about. Like, quote me on this. Miami could be forgotten about in the first two weeks. You don't. They're not going to lose to App State. Why? Why not? App- Appalachian State is a good football team. They bring back almost everything in a year I that they didn't have it. up to their stand. You look at what they did at. Like everybody's like, well, down year for App State. They still won nine was, games. Was I didn't think it was a down year. I thought the conference was loaded no. last year, and that's fine. Yeah. But for I, app standards, that was a down year for them. Yeah, I just don't think that they, they can beat Miami. If, if they can beat Miami, well, then they got Michigan State next week, and Michigan State might be top twenty worst team in America. So yeah, but okay, I'm just saying, and they, they could look at North Carolina at Pitt and at Florida State. Yeah, at North Carolina and at Pitt. That's yeah, two of your toughest games are on the road. I, I just think Derek King is going to be one of the. He's going to be an absolute game changer. He'll keep. If they don't have Derek King, you're not talking about Miami. And if he, if he stays I healthy, I say I hope for college football standards. I hope just for a fan's sake, he is the same guy that he was last year. ACL injuries are usually, you know, when you take your time and rehab goes well, you can usually be the same player. I'm hoping we get that because yeah, I think the ACC will be a lot more intriguing with a really good Derek King. Uh, UNC, and then Clemson. Well, what's intriguing to me about Miami is, like, it's completely, like, it's completely about, um, you know, what Derek King does. But they also have 
you know, backs behind him. They had three different backs that averaged four point or over four yards per carry last year, which yeah. is not to be taken lightly. Like four yards a carry, I will take the back that does that every day of the week. And so that way, I just think it does hinge on Derek King, but it's at the same time, if he plays well, guys around him are elevated and they can take some off that hit. Off I'm, of his I'm, the more I think about it, the more I'm excited for that Bama game. I mean, is there, is there any way we get a decent game out of that? First game of the year, Alabama's got a new face at quarterback. Um, the line is 18. I was going to say it's 18. That's And it's not unrealistic because we've seen Alabama do this time and time again where they've absolutely dismantled teams. Bryce Young, what are you – like is Bryce Young, Bryce Young? Or is yeah. Bryce Young the guy who got paid a million dollars before starting a game and finding out? Yeah. Is this, I don't know. I'm definitely I like gonna, the over. <laughs> yeah, that's – Great point. Great. 64 and a half. Probably. Like probably true. Uh, I, like, I like the over in that. But we, I really we, think Alabama rolls, though. Okay. We talked – okay, and we talked about another team within the state of Florida, Florida State. Uh, obviously, a lot of buzz around Mackenzie Milton and what he does at Florida State this year. And Florida State just trying to get their footing again in the conference. So, you know, best of luck to him. I hope he has a good year. And I wouldn't be upset if Florida State had a little breakout year and started playing well again. So, um, yeah, Mackenzie Milton and that storyline is just something to pay attention to. Yep, the ACC, I feel like it's becoming one of those talks kind of similar to the SEC in the fact that you're looking at it and you look at all these teams in depth of who's coming back, who's not. It is, it's almost getting to that point where it's like, well, there's also Clemson. Like, But Clemson, week one against Georgia, also not a game to be blinked at. I, I, there's a lot of college football experts, a lot of sharps out there that think Georgia wins that game. I was going to say, what's the, is that a pick em right now? Or? I like I am, Early, I like Georgia, to be honest with you. I do too. I, I like Georgia a lot. I think Georgia's going to be – is this the year? Are we finally not going to get a – I don't know. I, okay, so these three outliers, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, do they all make the college football playoff again? Or no. do we get somebody different? No, nope, you you'll, you'll get someone other than Notre Dame as well. Okay, Notre Dame's not usually a normal. It's, okay, but I'm just saying, like, if you want to play that route. I think if, let's say, all shit hits the fan. Let's say Alabama loses to Miami. Let's say Georgia loses to Clemson. I think A&M gets in. I think that's their team that's probably going to jump in. I think the team to watch out for is just someone from the Pac-12, honestly, or a non-Clemson ACC school. North Carolina has Virginia Tech first week. That's a pretty good implication for that division. See yeah, I mean, that's – and, again, Justin Puente, Justin Puente playing on, you know, some last nerves. He's got to have a good year. How many years has he been there? Any idea? Puente? Yeah. Uh, five? Off the top of my head? That's a guess. Yeah. Well, while we find out, uh, the line on the Clemson-Georgia game is three and a half. Five. Yeah. Who? I would assume Clemson. Clemson. Okay. Well, we'll we're that. that'll be a big piece. Georgia's that. plus 145. <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> that sounds great. Um, okay. Look so, the line. so exciting. So, it's you on get the, over the horizon. Finishing on the ACC. I don't know if you guys did this, but I did this just for fun. I did offensive, defensive, and coach of the year. Or offensive, defensive player of the years and coach of the year. I just, I was like, I'm sorry, I did not, but you can, you can go ahead and I can have some yeah, input. I, I can have some input. And well, it becomes a discussion. 
and I didn't, okay. I didn't offensive player of the year. I think Sam Howell. Yeah, I'd say I didn't go out of the box for that one. I say we don't we don't think there's any any other no any with, other quarterback. With how I see the year with how I see the year playing out. I could see it D, being DJ Uyunglele or yeah DJ Small. I think he's got the intangibles to be like a unicorn. I think he could be so different for his body size. But I just think I I think it's Sam Howell. Um, Defensive Player of the Year, Peyton Wilson. Uh, he's linebacker, North Carolina State. He led the ACC in tackles last year. Absolute animal. Um, they have two linebackers that are very solid. They did a lot of stuff for that Wolfpack defense. I think he's going to lead the ACC in tackles again this year. I think he's in the good spot to um, just have one of those years that is a great linebacker, like a Ben Bulware at Clemson did one year for them, um, and other guys that just wreck havoc in the middle of the field. And then coach of the year. Yeah, I'm, li- I'm interested for this one. Mac Brown. Oh, okay. That's kind of basic. I was, uh, uh, so you think oh, so giving I, Mac Brown this, you're implying that they're going to win the division, maybe lose one, two games? Bang. And, and I don't like coach. I think coach of the year is kind of sometimes coach of the best team in the conference when it could be like at NC state has a really good nine that's, win year. I was, I thought you were going yeah. that direction, but I, I don't think people do that enough. So that's why I went Mac Brown. I think Campbell won. God, he might, I thought he wanted on like eight or nine wins one year, but I, I could be wrong. You know what I mean though? Like it kind of feels like that's the direction it goes. Yeah. So that's why I picked Mac Brown there, but I think it'll be, it'll be Clemson versus Miami or um, North Carolina. And I think, I think that North Carolina Miami game is going to be hopefully everything shakes out to the point where then they get together. It is everything's on the table still, but again, Miami could be irrelevant after the first two weeks of the year. I would say, dude, we got to take these this week by week. I'm so excited. There's so Hot many take. dominoes that are just going to fall. The ACC is one of those conferences that is kind of open-ended now without Trevor Lawrence for now it is. I, I think that say. it, I would say I think that this year there's actually some coastal teams that might give a fucking run at Clemson. Normally it's just like, ah. Dead serious. Like, I Georgia really Georgia don't Tech, think Clemson wins it. Georgia Tech gets their shit kicked out of them for 12 games. They barely made it in. Oh, okay, now they got to play Clemson. Uh, that was fun. But I feel right. like, you know, what? there's a team out there that might give Clemson a run this year. But, okay, do you guys want to do our – Picks for the conference title now, after right after we talk about the ACC and do it that way? I don't know. Do you want to flow it all together in the end? I mean, it might be better after we just give the information and then pick and tell why. That's, that's fine. So that's what's fine. the draft order, though? Do we have, a, do we have an no, order? It's not a draft order. You just pick. Well, yeah. You can't pick the same team. That was Schaefer. Cool. Yeah, you can. Schaefer, 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 me, JP. I was gonna say that's why that was the rule. That was like the whole point of my thing is you can't pick this. You can't pick. Okay, we'll go random number generator. So like yeah. So like, but like, okay. So there's three conferences. So if I go first one get, then the next conference you go first or. Okay, well then whoever gets the first pick in this one gets the last one. We'll just move up a spot. Okay, I got the random number generator up. Okay, let me lead into it. I'll I'll be number three, you be number two, and he'll be one or something like that. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, you, you want to do it that way? Just one and three? Well, like, be a number. Yeah, whoever lands on gets first pick. Okay. Yeah. Let me lead back into it. Okay, that wraps up everything about the ACC that we need to talk about. Now we're going to jump to Schaefer's conference title pick, 
that he organized and set up. The way this works is that there are divisions and separate teams of multiple teams worth a certain point total. We're going to see who can get the highest total points by the end of the season. And I can, for explanation, I could give, I have the list right now. I could give the numbers of how many points our teams are worth. Yes. Okay. So you have Clemson, obviously it would be worth one point. The more favorite the team is, the less points they're worth. Yep. So North Carolina slash Miami would be worth two points. NC State, Virginia Tech is worth three points. Pitt and Boston College is worth four points. Florida State, Louisville, Virginia worth five points. Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, six points. Syracuse, Duke, seven points. It's kind of a stretch if you go for those seven points, but if you're a fucking genie in a bottle and you know you know Duke's going to pull something out of their ass this year, then good for you. What if this, The winners are based upon the conference title. They have to win the conference title, yeah. not the conference title game, the regular season. Well, I'm just spitballing here. What if, if you pick the top team, like it becomes a plus-minus thing? So you get one point if the best team in the conference wins. Like if you pick a Clemson and they hit, you get one point. But yeah. if you take them and they lose, you get like minus one, minus three, or like minus one. For every every pick you get wrong, you lose a point, but you can only like a plus minus, best plus minus. So Maybe we, we should just make it minus the opposite. So if Clemson loses, then it would be minus seven. See that? I think that's too extreme. Yeah. Well, I think everybody think would have at low numbers. Think it, I mean, if we all get to go pick first and take our first choice. I think that makes sense. I don't think it's work. Because if they lose, they lose, and you don't get the points. I don't know. I just don't think. Yeah, and we want to stay in the positive okay, here. That's fine. That's, fine. that's fine. We'll do that. Okay. I was just saying. Back to it. We went through the team list, and who's worth who. We'll clarify as the picks go on. The random number generator is up. We're picking between one and three. Whoever it lands on gets the first pick, and then we'll do between one and two, and then that's whoever gets the second pick. Um, we'll let Schaefer choose his number first. What? I wanted to. I'm going to be two. What do you want, JP? I want three. Okay, I'll take one. <laughs> Random number generators up. Can you guys see this? Why is it yeah. on oh, five? Mic bump. Um, because it went off the last one. It's picking oh. between one and three. Yeah, Generating. Good. JP wins the first pick. It was three. Um, <laughs> that was rigged. Um, no, it wasn't. <laughs> okay, JP uh, got the first pick. Schaefer, one or two? Two. Okay, Schaefer's two. I am one, generating one. I have the second pick. Schaefer gets last pick in his own thing. No, um, I'm not. I, I'm okay with being number one here. I think I would have rather been number one at another conference because I'm not going chalk here. I'm taking North Carolina for two points, by the way. Two points. Okay. JP's pick is North Carolina to win the ACC, and that is worth two points if that wins. I think I would have um, liked to have a first pick in a different conference, but I'll take that. Okay. Second pick, I'll take – Pitt. I'll take Pitt. Oh, my. At I'll take Pitt points. at four points. Holy moly. This is where the plays happen. <laughs> this and is like, where the plays happen. So many other ones that would have been, like, not paid off the same, but, like, been, like, oh, okay. No, from what we just talked about, I think Miami becomes irrelevant. Virginia Tech loses a couple of games. NC State, what if they don't have that year? And then Pitt beats Clemson. You never know what could happen. I put a future on them, so yeah, they are. But no, I, okay. I mean, I respect it because of the game. I respect it because of the game. Okay, four points is what I'm shooting for. I took Pitt. Schaefer, who you got? You going to take Clemson? I'm going to take Miami, um, given Clemson. Nobody's skits. taking Chuck. I love it. I'm actually I, really happy with that. I, I want to take Clemson. I figured you were just going to take it, Parks, but now that it was left there, I'm like, 
I there's so many other one point teams that I want to take. I I I like this conference and the I don't know the randomness that it might bring this year. So I'm gonna do a Miami pick. Okay. Yeah. Was, see, we got some random picks. Clemson not even picked to win the conference title within this game. People, Maybe be, it's like, people who don't understand the concept of this game, they're like, "Who's the fucking idiot that didn't pick Clemson?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they forget what they're talking about. If they fast forward in this episode to this specific part, they're gonna be like, "These guys are fucking idiots." <laughs> um, okay. That wraps up the ACC. Obviously, the picks are North Carolina to JP, Miami to Schaefer, and Pitt for myself to win the ACC. Beautiful. Two um, points for Miami. I didn't clarify that. Two points on both North Carolina and Miami, and four points if Pitt wins it for me. Catch a write-up on the blog as to why it took North Carolina. We'll put that out in the next couple of days. Okay. Let's jump. Let's go to another conference. Obviously, we talked about the ACC for a while. Oh, JP, man. it is time for our Big Ten discussion. Our Big Ten. I'm, I'm so happy you guys get to share this moment. Um, I feel like this has become it's, – it's almost every conference where I just mentioned it, where you get that dominant team, that Alabama, that Clemson, where it's – I feel like the Big Ten may be a little bit closer this year. I don't think Ohio State's going to run away with it by any means. Um, maybe I'm just delusional, and I'm just hoping for that. But, but let's talk about the Big Ten. Opening thoughts, we'll let JP start. Yeah, let's talk about the Big Ten a little bit. I think the Big Ten is more interesting – in the fact that do teams have revitalized years, not necessarily who's going to win the conference. I think it sits in chalk. I think Ohio State wins the conference. I think they go to Indy and take care of business, whether that's a close game or not. It's to be decided. Um, but I think it's – is Michigan going to get back on their feet? You know, is Penn State coming back? Is Indiana the real deal? Is Wisconsin going to have a bounce back here? Is Iowa going to – capitalize on the six wins they ended the year with, you know, is Scott Frost in Nebraska, even after all these transfers and things like that, going to have a good year. Does Northwestern, you know what I mean? Is it, it's a revitalize yourself year, the big 10. And that's how I see it. Um, I think it's Ohio State's the cream of the crop in the East. Penn State's going to be the one to challenge them. And maybe Indiana. I don't, I don't know how I feel about Indiana yet. You'll know a lot after week one, that's for sure. Um, but is Indiana the real deal? Um, I like I like Tom Allen. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a great coach. I love listening to him speak. Do I think Indiana's worth what they're being given? No, but they're still a good football team. I'm not going to say they're bad. I, like I don't think they're a bad football team at all. Um, Penn State wise, we talk actually we done a ton of talking on Penn State. If you want to go listen to that, go a little bit earlier um, in the pod. But yeah, I mean, there's just. Can you revitalize yourself this year? Can you have a bounce back year? Can you get back on the right tracks as a great program? I don't know if Jim Harbaugh's the answer in Ann Arbor. I don't care if he is or not. I just, I'm tired of hearing about Michigan when they've been irrelevant for the last five years. That's my kind of two cents. But the West is where it's interesting. You have Iowa, you have Wisconsin. And if you want to throw Northwestern into that, you can like, for the to win the West, but I don't think it's going to be that. I think it'll be a two horse race, and I'm not going to do a ton of Iowa talk here. I'll do that on my own, just because I don't want to jinx. If we want to have an Iowa power hour, I'll do my own little thing on Twitter or Spaces or something like that. But there's that. Um, I think another storyline with Harbaugh is Scott Frost potentially on the hot seat, even though they extended him. But like, Parks, you probably have more in on this and more thoughts. I just I don't know. I don't buy like. I'm not here to hate Nebraska in this situation. I hate Nebraska, but I don't like Nebraska. But in this situation where we're talking about their head coach, 
I don't, I don't buy into Scott Frost anymore. Uh, I lost that hope for Scott Frost almost two years ago, just because he crushes my heart almost every week. And I don't think, I don't know. It's just, he hasn't changed anything. It's been the same shit. I get it. It's coaching, but I, I talked about this um, with a bunch of Nebraska fans lately. I've been watching the daily press conferences after practice. It is the same shit all four years. Uh, we have the right guys in here now. Um, this is the best I've seen us um, morale-wise, team-wise. And then we go out and we fucking lay an egg. So I, I can't listen to it. I don't know until they put a product on the field. Um, but he has no excuses anymore. He's got his recruits. And however, his big recruits from the previous years have left. Um, so we'll see. It's, it's one of those things. I don't think they have a, a good year. I don't think this is the year where they turn it around. I hope, I will hope, but I'll, I'll write a blog on it actually um, more in depth with Nebraska. Um, just because yeah. there's so many thoughts I can't put in yeah. to and right now. Honestly, like, I just don't think he's the answer over there. I think they have a bigger problem rather than just bringing in some guy. They need to bring in somebody who's established building something and really established name, not somebody from a not from a G5. Right. Um, but it was just such a move back then to go from Mike Riley, the certified loser of the of life, to we're going to bring home this guy that's brought Husker fans so much joy after mm-hmm. three years of Mike Riley just it shitting was, on your head. It was almost like there were blinders on. Right. You know, and so – I mean, it was, it's hard to when he went 12-0 and 0 and he had that season and they beat LSU. Yeah, but that, that school was – I feel like, I don't know. I just and they're still like good. They're still the good. They're still good, yeah. Um, but it's tough. So looking at the Big Ten in general, however, I would say that Ohio State, I think, is definitely not certain. Um, C.J. Strout, true freshman playing quarterback, obviously you don't know what to expect. It's, it's Ohio State, so it's next guy up there. Um, next recruit up. It's probably top ten quarterback in the country, I'm sure, from high school. Um, you got Jeremy Ruckett returning. Um, obviously Master Teague. So they have the guys, but I don't, I think this is the year where Wisconsin can make their move. Wisconsin, Iowa, um, Indiana, if Indiana puts any product on the field like they did last year. So I think this is another conference that's kind of open-ended this year, but we could see another Ohio State runaway with. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that that's what the biggest thing about the big, I think it's been the biggest news in big 10 within the last week was you know, Quinn Ewers saying that, you know, he's reclassifying and that he is going to be around. He was the number one recruit from Texas. I think he might have been the number one quarterback. He's, oh, yeah, he's the highest ranked um, high school prospect in history. Yeah, so that's huge. So now you're bringing in this guy. They were planned on CJ um, all camp long. You know, they were just fine with him, which, by the way, he attempted zero passes last year. That's kind of something to note. So they're planning all this along. This guy reclassifies, and it's like, holy shit, we, Trevor Lawrence is going to join fall camp fucking three weeks before the season starts. I think that's going to be crazy, how they can transition him into the system, getting under – he missed the – maybe he was doing stuff with him during the summer that we don't know about, but summer's a big time for a lot of, yeah. lot of teams. You know, you can't leave. You go there. You stay there all summer. You work on stuff. You work on fundamentals, and you – work on plays I you know talent talent says a lot but could this shake up Ohio State can this shake up you know the quarterback room can this shake up the locker room I don't know or maybe it's just gonna fucking make Ohio State as dominant as they've ever been yeah I think it's either gonna be that's the only way I see them just not having an unbelievable year is if this quarterback room doesn't work out the way they thought it would 
That's the only thing I can see. Yep. I think they just have too much talent around him. Um, Chris Olave is an absolute animal. He'll be a yeah, first. Team that's a name I should have mentioned. That that's um, a Heisman wide receiver. He'll have, yeah, he'll be in the Heisman conversation. He'll be in All American discussions, things like that. But I, I just think that's the only way. And when, if we want to talk about the West, like, is Graham Mertz, is Graham Mertz Illinois Graham Mertz, or is he the one that showed up in every other part of the year, things like that, and just got throttled, you know? Um, is Spencer Peters going to step up into the shoes and play better like he did later in the year? Is he going to be the one that felt timid and just inconsistent and just honestly that was not a very good quarterback for most of the year? Like, is it that situation? Does Iowa make a move to Deuce Hogan? Do they go to Padilla? Um, Northwestern, can they replace all these guys? Like, I think the West is where it's interesting. And Earl I don't Minnesota, think – I have not heard a Minnesota chat out of you yet, JP. Uh, well, because I'm going to – I have something to say about Minnesota in a little bit. <laughs> Okay. Um, a team I will mention really fast before you go into Minnesota. I think Rutgers is getting better. They are getting better. I, I wouldn't give them love. No, I don't think they're going to like do anything in the conference in no. general, but I think they might. I think they I get five wins. People. Maryland Maryland could scare some teams as well. I think they could beat a Michigan. I think they could beat, um, you know, an Indiana or things like that. I think they have pieces there to win some football games. So Maryland's something to watch out for. Uh, Michigan State just won't have a very good year. I don't think Illinois is going to be, even with Bielema there, it's just not going to have a very good year. I think Rutgers starts 3-0. and Purdue's crazy to me because Purdue has one of the best receivers in the country in David Bell. And they just – it's like, how do you have all these athletes? And they could consistently have a running back that powers through the Big Ten or a receiver that just blows things up. And so, like, when you have a guy like that, and you can't put wins together for him. It's kind of disappointing. But then again, it's Purdue, and I could care less. But I just think they have one of the best receivers in the country. There are a lot of – there's a lot of talent within the Big 12 – Big 10, I should say. The Big 10 is always one of those conferences where you find a late season, like, holy shit, this is a massive game, just depending yeah. on where their season oh, goes. For sure. I, I'm, I'm going to go on a limb. My bold prediction of the conference – I think Jim Harbaugh gets fired this year. Oh, love that. Actually, don't. I, I like that take. You, you have a guy who I have known of for a very long time, and Alan Bowman out of Texas Tech, who's transferring to take under center. He is, his ceiling was his freshman year, and this, that guy has gotten worse and worse as the years go on. I could not believe when I heard that he was um, taking over Michigan, and they replaced him for Schluck or Slow out of Oregon. I thought that was a huge improvement. I think that's a terrible take. Uh, they gave up 34 points a game last year. And, dude, Harbaugh's best season, he's been 10-3 and three, three times, and he's 1-4 and four in bowl games. Michigan, I can't believe they're putting up with this shit. The fact that he hasn't won 11 games or a conference title yet is, is absolutely crazy, the fact that he still has a job. And they're in going – In his defense, he should have had 11 wins that year that Ohio State – Went for it on fourth down. Yeah, that, but, was that 2017? Sure. The 2017 that year that that uh, happened? I, thought, I think you're right. 2017. Yeah. Right. Well, I still think he was short, by the way. I, I think they should have won that football game. It doesn't – either way, you know, you can't control yeah. all of those fucking outcomes. You got Penn State on the road. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. You got Wisconsin on the road. You got Nebraska on the road, which no matter what team you're coming out of, and that, it's still a tough road game. You have Washington at home. You have Washington. Washington at home. 
Michigan plays Washington this year? Yeah. Why did I not know that? I say Park said that in the beginning. Yeah. I think it's going to be a win for Washington. I, I think it should be – I think they could win by double digits. Mm-hmm. I think Michigan might struggle to win six games this year. And if yeah. that's the case, there's – If they win six games, he's gone. If they, I, think if they, I think if he wins less than seven games, he's gone. Well, that would be if he wins eight games, I'll get a tattoo of the state of Michigan on my ass. <laughs> you have a lot of tattoos. I'm going to have Minnesota and Michigan attached on my ass. I mean, to, to me, and then again, back to the West and just how things are run. And just because I want to have a little piece on the Hawks. Um, to me, they're replacing a lot of the defensive line. So, like, the Hawks are going to have to be able to control the offensive defensive line. Like, that's what they're built on. They're built on the trenches. They're built on the ability to control the ball. Um, they're bent but don't break defense. You have, you know, Ken O'Keefe, who's been working with Peters, trying to get him better. They have Brian Ferentz, who I have my feelings about him off and on as an offensive play caller. But I do think it's going to come down to the quarterback play on whether they win 10 games or they win seven. So I think their first two two games kind of are. Yeah. The first two games are going to tell you everything. Although I will say that Iowa state, if they lose that game, it's not going to be the end of the year. No, I I would. If they lose that Indiana game, it's going to be a way bigger deal. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was kind of meaning. Um, My note on Iowa, Iowa, is they have a tougher schedule than normal, and they have that. I Like I said earlier, there's a lot of teams with three games in a row that are very scary, like that murderer's row back-to-back-to-back games. First of all, you got Iowa State. Obviously, I think this is going to be probably one of the better – obviously, the last one was great, but one of the better Cyhawk series games ever. Um, and then you got – you go to Penn, Purdue for homecoming. You, ha- you have Purdue coming off a of bye week. Then you go to Wisconsin – and then two Northwestern, who JP, like you always say, gives you trouble. That's kind of that murderer's row. Yeah. At Wisconsin is tough. And we did luck out in the fact that you don't get an Ohio State. Um, you get Indiana and Penn State from the East, which is usually, I'd say, two, three on that side. Um, you don't play Michigan. You play Minnesota at home, which is nice because that's a trophy game. That's always a big deal. You go to Lincoln, which is, again, like Schaefer was saying, it's always going to be close. Yeah, it's always going to be close. It's going to be close whether we're in Lincoln or in Iowa City, but it's going to be even harder as a road team to go into Lincoln and win a game there. Um, and so, I, like, there's a ceiling there, and I think their over-unders at eight and a half wins. I could have put, like, couldn't have put that in a better spot because I think that's perfect for what situation they're in. So I'm hoping the Hawks have a great year, and I'm sure we'll have more content on them. No, I know we'll have more content on them, but um, don't want to, you know – Pound your guys' ears with all that content when I could just write about it. Yeah, we're gonna have to do a Cyhawk pod, a mutual site, not like a going we, back. We'll, like we have, I have ideas. Headlines. I have ideas via like videos and things like that. I have ideas. I think another bold take out of this. I think coming out of left field, I don't think it's really any knowledge. I think, however, if they have the year that they are projected to have. I think you might look at a Graham Mertz offensive player of the year. I I don't I don't know. Uh, you don't like that? That's fine. But that. he could. I just don't think he's. I don't know. They're gonna. They'll, Wisconsin will struggle to find a back that they love, and which is un, very un Wisconsin of them. But I don't think Graham Mertz is offensive player of the year, especially when let's go into who I had for that. I had Jahan Dotson and I had Muhammad Ibrahim. Okay. So I think Ibrahim is an undervalued back in the big 10. I think he 
led the Big Ten in rushing last year. Um, the back from Minnesota, if you don't know who I'm talking about, um, is just an absolute animal. And I think why would you? Again, why would you have him though? Because because he's a great back. Like he, yeah, but if Minnesota the, wins seven games, they're not going to give it to him. But he led the Big Ten in rushing. Like he has the numbers, no matter what their record is. That's why I'm just putting him in there. Um, but I think him and Tyler Goodson are two really good backs. I didn't put Tyler Goodson in there because we're trying to keep the Homer thing off of it. Um, I think Goodson's more of a shot than him. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think Tyler Goodson could have a year, a historical year. Um, but I'm not going to throw him in that situation just for that. But I think Jahan Dotson or Chris Olave, I think it'll be a receiver that gets it this year. Um, defensive player of the year, I'm going Brandon Joseph, Northwestern. Um, to me, a lot of times when I look at defensive player of the year, I – and I don't think this is that crazy of a thought. I go DB or linebacker. I just think if you get a guy like that, that can affect so many plays, whether it's tackles, pass breakups, INTs, things like that. Um, Joseph was a first-team All-American last year. I think at safety, he's just a game-changer. And so I think I'll put him at defensive player of the year. And coach of the year, Brian Day. I mean, I just again, best team, just going to take the coach. He's finally going to lose a regular season game. That's the question this year. Has not lost a regular season game in his career yet. Maybe, yeah. I think it's possible. Just too young at quarterback. I think it's definitely possible for slips and falls places. How do we feel about Brett Bielema at Illinois? I, I think Illinois is just a bad job. I, I, like, I don't care who you are. That's a hard job to bring up. So they I do. They play, obviously, Nebraska that. opening week, and then they go to UT. They have UTSA at home. Then they go to Virginia. Then Maryland at home. They also have Charlotte at home. Wisconsin is their homecoming game. That would be an upset of all time. Um, then at Penn State, Rutgers. They just beat Wisconsin two years ago, right? Three years ago? Yeah. Two years ago. They don't, they don't have it's really – they do not have tough road games outside of Iowa. They don't. Yeah, and that will probably be an 11 a.m. kick. I'm sure it is already. I haven't looked. Well, um, Penn State, tough road game, but also it's – Penn State sucks. They were so bad. Okay. I can't. I can't buy into that team. Let's predict. What's Penn State's wideout game? Mm. Yeah. Let's let's I'll predict their let's, wins. I got Penn State, including the bowl game. Let's go ten or eleven wins. Wow. Okay. What's You're their wideout? Kool Aid, buddy. What What game do they have? Is the wideout? That team sucks. Um, Penn State. Whiteout game. I don't I'm going, know. It's either is October second against Indiana. Too early? Yeah, that I mean, they have Michigan in November. They don't have they don't I mean Auburn. Is Auburn too early? That's a non Big Ten game. Yeah. They got Michigan in November. But it could be Auburn. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like Michigan's not that big of a hole. I just don't think Yeah, it's that. a six thirty kick. Yeah, maybe I guess. I don't know. It's gonna be a night game. That's when their wideouts are. Yeah, that's so, what I'm saying. So six thirty, is that late enough for uh Yeah, that'd be the whiteout. That's possible. Playing I, whole I feel like we're watching we're watching the fall of Penn State. Like Ooh. eleven and three, eleven and two, nine and four, eleven and two, four and five. I'm telling you, don't go off of last year. Don't it's the same set of players. I just think that last year, the crazy year for a lot of teams, and I think that Penn State will be just fine. Especially, okay. dude, a full could you that's one stadium that couldn't you can't fathom not having fans fans there. When the Ohio State came to town, could you imagine that would have been their whiteout game? The just, the the whole scenario would have been a completely different situation. Completely. Ohio State knows that from two years prior. Um, 
I don't know. I can't buy him Penn State. I will not until I see him. And I guess we'll get a good look at him opening week at Wisconsin. There's a lot of great football games week one. That's what I'm saying. Is like I didn't realize how many good ones there were. Yeah. There are so many. Um, it's going to be a great week for gambling. I will not leave my couch. Yeah. I vouch to not leave. Um, no, super excited for it. Okay, I think that wraps up all we need to talk about in the Big Ten. Obviously, you'll look out for some blogs from JP and I. Maybe Schaefer? No, you'll get Big 12 ones out of that bitch. Schaefer, Schaefer yeah, if you want to – Schaefer, you want to jump on and put your thoughts on some picks or explain it or have some thoughts post-game, I'll let you put some stuff on there. From or what Schaefer – On the blog, yeah. Schaefer I'm hated a, writing papers. Writer. I would have to – I would do a video – I would do post-game videos. I'm not but, much of a – But you'd be surprised, in all honesty. Like, I'm not a writer either, but, like – when you're doing something you really enjoy and have a lot of thought about, it's way easier to do. Yeah. And when you're blogging, you don't have to be like correct. Like you don't have to like be proper and things like that. You can just go. And then Schaefer, you also have to start thinking about your play. Schaefer's play of the week. What do we call him? He's got to earn that bag. Lock of the week. Yeah, you lock of the week. No, he, I, I I think he ended it five and two. The first couple of weeks. He's got to earn that back. I'll give it to you week four if you're three and zero. But so do I just keep the lock in house for the first three weeks? Yeah, you just keep it in your brain. Yeah, I'll tell no, you. Because tell you gotta us, tell us. You gotta tell pod. us. Otherwise, okay. we we wouldn't. Know. Fine. You just don't tell the pod. You'll tell like us. Too bad. Shorten some people some money. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't want it week one. I'm or, terrible with the first couple of weeks betting. Well, I need the season to start flowing first. You can. You can put out your lock of the week, but just not advertise it as a lock of the week. Just like have it in your I, I got it. I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, let's rock into the Pac-12. No, no, no. We got to go to conference, conference picks. Here's the breakdown for points of the conference title picks for the Big Ten. Ohio State's worth one point. Wisconsin's worth two. Penn State, Indiana, Iowa, and Northwestern are worth three. Michigan and Minnesota are worth four. Nebraska, Maryland, and Rutgers are worth five. And then rounding it out is Michigan State, Purdue, and Illinois, and they're all worth six. So there's only six points available here if you pick the worst teams in the Big Ten. Uh, the random number generator is ready. And we're we doing let... randomness or are we going to go even? Like I'll go, I went first, so I'll go last, and you everybody bumps up a spot. No, nah, we'll random it. All right. All right. One through three. Schaefer, you make the first pick. Let's go. Give me. I'm just going to keep drinking the – or wait, sorry. Got to Pick get your number. number. It's yeah. It was not oh, – like number. Two. two. Okay, two. I'm still two. JP? I'm always two. Three again. Okay. Generating one, three, three. Same number. I think we do. Um, okay, generating one through three. If the camera can clear up, please. Thank you. Three it is. I hate this game. All right, I'll go chalk. I'll take Ohio State. Okay. You didn't get set in stone. Doesn't matter. JP picks the favorite Ohio State to win the Big Ten yet again. One point. Okay. One and two, Schaefer. Pick your number. Two. I'm always two. Don't even ask. Two. Schaefer is the second pick. I'm going to keep drinking the Kool-Aid. Give me Penn State. Okay. I'll take Wisconsin. Okay. So, Penn State would be worth three. Wisconsin worth two. Ohio State worth one. We picked all – not the favorites in the ACC, and then we immediately take the favorite in the Big Ten. All right, so. I had to take chalk there. I mean, I'm not going to take my own team because I truly believe don't bet on your own team. But I don't I hate Wisconsin there. I, I, I feel okay. 
Because oh, if you think about it, going back, jumping back really fast, think about Wisconsin. We say, is Drew Mertz going to be good? Graham Mertz. Oh, yeah, Graham Mertz. where did that Drew come from? I did that last year, too. Yeah, I? I forgot. Yeah, I remember that. I did that last year, too. I'm calling him Drew. Drew Mertz. If he's going to be good, it doesn't matter because it's also been Wisconsin football. Who the fuck did they just come from? Alex Hornibrook? Like it's never had a great quarterback as Russell Wilson, but that was the last. The issue now is that they don't have a feature back. That's Jonathan Taylor. Like they don't have a horse, and so like that's the issue that now Graham Mertz is key here because they don't have the back. They still have the defense. They don't have the back. We'll see. Okay, let's jump. Final conference we're going to cover tonight. Last topic of the night. That's the Pac-12. The Pac-12. We touched on them a little bit earlier. Obviously, Schaefer's not bought in. I'm not bought in. I think it's a conference that could be beat up on, upon each other. Um, I will love Washington this year, um, but I'm not sure altogether. So I'll let Schaefer lead off with his thoughts on the Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, just to start off, one of my headlines for this conference was, is the Pac-12 going to push for a college football playoff berth? I was going to make it more of a conversational piece. Obviously, you guys heard my input before. No, I do not think that they will. Um, Oregon, uh, arguably the conference favorite, they go at Ohio State, I believe, the second week. They play at Ohio State, Utah, at Utah, and Washington. Those are three tough games for a team that's supposed to be the best team in their conference. I Like I talked about with a lot of Big Ten teams, we don't want to base it off of last year. Okay, so I know Iowa State beat up on Oregon and all the other Pac-12 schools didn't play that well. But, I mean, even look at the year prior. The Pac-12 hasn't proven that they really belong with this Power Five conference group. Okay? However, I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid again. My favorite to win the South will be the USC Trojans. Wow. It is Nobody good. wants that. That's not even good for – Fucking hate USC. That's fine. I could probably work for ESPN. I give so many basic picks. It's fine. <laughs> but I just I told you guys I'm not bought in on um, Arizona State. However, if there was one other team that I really really like, and that's Utah. a dark horse, I love Utah. I love Utah. Utah brings a lot of depth back on offense. They have. Two incoming uh, transfer guys at receiver, Theo Howard and Muner McLean. okay? And then they have my favorite, my favorite transfer, Charlie Brewer out of Baylor, playing quarterback for him this year. A guy that has proven he was pretty productive last year. They just had a dog shit team with a new coach. But obviously when Matt Rule was in town there last year, they, he brought him to a Sugar Bowl. Okay. That was a scary game for Iowa State, if I remember correctly. Charlie Brewer was spraying it yeah. around at the end. Yeah, that was a really scary game, and that was, yeah, terrible first half, and it was looking like Baylor should have won that football game. So, with all the returning on offense, they got some guys on defense, and Brewer's known he can win. Watch out for Utah. That is a team that I like. I'm, I'm still thinking I'm going to put USC ahead of them, but don't sleep on Utah. That's my Pac-12 note. Utah is kind of, I mean, not Utah. The Pac-12 in general is kind of becoming that top-heavy conference, sort of like the SEC, where you get those same teams every year, where it's like Oregon, USC, Utah. Granted, USC is in there every year, but, like, the bottom half of this conference now is brutal. Yeah. Like, you get Oregon State, Arizona, Cal. Stanford. Hey, like, Cal. Cal shouldn't be in the bottom, bottom. They're in the middle. 
I mean, they're not good. It's They're not anywhere near the top teams in that conference. It's getting that really top-heavy feeling to it. Um, however, I think the surprise team, again, I'm going to bring them up again, it's Washington. Um, I think Washington has a great year. Um, I think they make a run at it. I think they have a couple of upset games. I'm not completely against Arizona State either. Um, I think they have potential, so much potential in their offense, and you saw – Good flashes of it against Arizona. Granted, it's Arizona, but they beat the shit out of Arizona last year, 70-7. to seven. Um, We had the over in that game, by the way. Um, UCLA, tough. I mean, you don't know. One of those questionable games. Obviously, week one against Hawaii, who's not bad at all, um, is going to be a big tell for them. So, I think UCLA is in, in good question. Um, but the Pac-12 in general, I think Washington, it's run probably by Washington, Oregon, and USC. JP. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's crazy to say. Um, I do. I do have some takes within the Pac-12. Um, I, I just think Oregon, with the hype surrounding them, like how much of that is based around one player? Like how much of that is Kayvon Thibodeau? I was gonna say Kayvon Thibodeau. Like, how I mean, much of that defense is, is huge? So to bring yeah, in a guy yeah. like that on defense, that says a lot about your football team. I don't know. They're, from what I've been reading, their quarterback this year is a Boston College transfer. His name's Anthony Brown. He obviously didn't have much playing time last year sitting behind um, your boy, JP. But mm-hmm. I just – I don't know why – they. you saw in the Iowa State game, they you didn't have, have – You also have their – they brought in a kid early. I believe Ty Thompson is a five-star quarterback recruit that they brought in at semester last winter. Okay. And so, it's like, that's a possibility as well. I don't know. I just – yeah, last year was weird. You know, you had Schluck who – and then they also brought in that guy in the second half against Iowa State who was – I think he was a Georgia Tech transfer. So, I don't know. A lot of quarterback issues. I mean, they've cycled through – this would be their third or fourth guy in the last two years. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. But Oregon's got to be – Oregon's got to be top five in toughest road schedules now. Yeah. And I, and I think I think Oregon has – like they have, you know, C.J. Burdell in the backfield, who's a great running back. They have absolute weapons. They always have speed and weapons. Like that's Oregon football. Jalen Red. Jalen Red's pretty good. Yeah, I just think, I just think there's so much hype surrounding the defense. And when you think Oregon football, you think the offense. And so that's why I'm kind of worried about it being overwhelming almost to talk about them in the way we do. Um, the South is going to be between like everybody's been talking about USC, Utah, Arizona State. Um, and I, I haven't done a t- I listening to you, Schaefer, a lot about Utah because I haven't done a crazy amount of stuff and reading on Utah just because, you know, obviously my infatuation with Jade Daniels and I think that Herm Edwards is solid and I like Arizona State and USC gets all the hype. But I do like what you're saying about Utah. I understand that. I think Charlie Brewer is a big, big-time impact transfer. Um, and that's a segment we'll hit in the next preview pod, I believe. It's just other news and notes, and I got a ton to talk about within transfers but I think I just think Washington's the team to beat within the conference I just think they have a lot of things going their way I just think honestly like I think it's it's almost like the perfect amount of hype that they have on them. like they're not overhyped they're not underhyped they're just kind of there everybody's talking about Oregon everybody's talking about um USC Arizona State and then there's Washington who's had you know quite a bit of bets sprinkled in on them uh, for, you know, like their win total overs and things like that. So I think that's one to pay attention to for sure. Um, and we've talked about them earlier in the year or earlier in the pod, but I just think that's one to pay attention to. Holy shit. 
I'm looking I, – I said it earlier just because I had a general idea. Oregon's away games at Ohio State, at Stanford, at UCLA, at Washington, and at Utah. Mm-hmm. That's what God damn. Yeah. That is – first of all, Ohio State being your second game of the year after Fresno State. Yeah, and I don't think Washington got an easier road schedule. They go at Michigan, at Oregon State, at Arizona, at Stanford, at Colorado. I think that's pretty easy. I don't know. It yeah. seems a lot easier than – Oh, that's what I'm saying. That's, they got the cupcake one compared yeah, yeah. to everybody else in the country. Yeah. Like, they get Cal, who is pesky at times. Uh, they get UCLA, Oregon, Arizona State all at home. They even get the Apple Cup at home. Uh, and then you talk about Oregon's defense as well. And Mark Hilfridge's last year, they were averaging – allowing 41.5 points a game. They change it to 3-4, and they still allow 30 points a game. Also not good. But I just, I'm just thinking about when you're running that 3-4, it makes sense with – I don't know. I, I think they just go very athletic at linebacker, and that's why they go that route. I think they want to have speed on the field. so they. And the, yeah, it's the Pac-12. Everybody runs the fucking spread. Yeah. You get and a lot of people do. And you're done. It's just one of those situations where they just need to slow people down. Honestly, that's, um, it's kind of, it reminds me of Iowa State. It's like you're in the Big 12, you know, hey, Haycock gets hired and we switched to a 3-4 and we weren't 16. It just, to slow people down, you know, you have these fast teams and these conferences that are fast. And usually when you play slow, it gets teams uncomfortable and forces teams into pesky mistakes. Yeah. That's, that's, I think that's just one of those things uh, that happens. But, just Washington and Arizona State, I think, are the two most intriguing teams to the public. I think I think Utah, to like somebody who's done a lot of stuff and looking at it, obviously, Schaefer, you've been doing that, is very intriguing in that fashion, just with who they've brought in, who their coaches, what they've done in the past. USC is another one that's, it's you know. It's a place to play, too. It's kind of an underrated place to play. It is. That's where I was going, JP. You were going, going in that direction? And I was going – I heard you say USC. That's where I'm going. Keep talking about well, – I was going, talking. USC's been kind of fed, fed the baby bottle from the press again for another year. And Mark so my I, words here. Here's where you can quote me. Okay. That Both game first? one – yes. That game one against San Jose State will be closer than everybody thinks. I uh, promise you San Jose State covers. What is the, what is the spread? Doesn't matter. Haven't seen it. I'll look for you. I'll look it up. You guys keep talking. I'll look it up. I need to make sure it's not already close. But, no, I I, I agree. I, I don't know. I mean, it's fun to talk about. I think all of these teams are going to beat up on each other. I just don't think anybody in this conference is even worth considering. Like, as a top seven team, um, you know, I just don't think that uh, – Correction on that quote, JP, game closer than everyone thinks. And the spread is 17. I'm, I'm paraphrasing just so I have them written down. So that's why I'm typing them. 17 is the spread. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. Yes. The I spread is – it's correction. It's actually 16 and a half. You guys are still on the San Jose State high from – I am. I think they're good enough to not get beat by 20 points. I, I agree. Know. These are all going to be – these are going to be – that's probably going to be one of those 9.30 kick games, isn't it? It's going to be fantastic. That's a beauty when you're at the uh, bar and you lay a 20. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Um, and I, I, oh, yeah, Pac-12 late night picks. Yeah. And that's honestly, nice. like, my, my, like, player of the year, defensive player of the year, coach of the year thing is not even, like, 
that attractive or that non-chalk. It's very chalk. So it's not even worth mentioning. Yeah, Thibodeau defense, without question. Keaton Slovis, player of the year. Yep. And then I had Herm Edwards, coach of the year. Don't agree with that. That's fine. I, that's Defensive what I player of the year, I'll say uh, Zion Tupola Fetu, linebacker, Washington. Okay, I like that because it's different. And it's very rarely does it go chalk, but I think that's a good one. Um, I just think Herm Edwards, if Arizona State has the year that they're supposed to have, they will 100% give him coach of the year. I could also getting a phone call. Me? Who's getting a phone call? I thought I heard somebody's phone vibrating on the table. Oh, it might have been me. Oh, we'll worry about it in a second. <laughs> okay, keep going. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just think it could be them. It could be um, uh, Helfridge at um, Oregon. Like, best team in the conference is going to get it, but I think if Arizona State has the year that people are saying they will, he'll get it. Chip Kelly? No. <laughs> Actually, possibly. You think he gets the ax this year? You think he gets fired? No, because I think DTR is just something to hold on to. As soon as what? DTR is gone. Six wins? And, seven wins? Yeah. Kyle Whittingham as well. Like, I think Kyle Whittingham's a possibility for coach of the year. Um, I think the coach that gets fired this year is Jonathan, Jonathan Smith at Oregon State. It's his fourth year. And they're kind of trying to make changes over there. They Once you bring Mike Riley back on your coaching staff, you're a loser again. So it doesn't surprise me that they suck, but I think Jonathan Smith loses his job this year. Um, and you might ask who, and you're asking the right question. Okay, final thoughts on the Pac-12. I think I'm just ready to pick a winner. I, I, I think it's a possibility that you get one of these teams within the um, college football playoff, but I think it's also just – Okay, random number generators ready then. Let's read off the total, the point totals for the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is as follows. Oregon and Arizona State are both worth one. We were very high on Arizona State when we made this apparently. Uh, USC, Utah, and Washington are worth two. UCLA is worth three. Stanford, Colorado, and Cal are worth four. Washington State is worth five. And Oregon State and Arizona are worth six. So only six in this conference as well as the Big Ten. Random number generator is prepared. Schaefer took number two. JP went one or three? Three. Okay. Generator is coming up. That's unbelievable. <laughs> it was JP again. <laughs> oh, shit. Really? Yeah, it was. It was you, JP. You have the first pick of the, for the Pac-12 and the conference title pick race. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm going to go. See, this is interesting. I can really go with what I've been talking about this entire time, but I have one in the back of my head that we didn't even really preview very well that I feel like can be sneaky. Don't say okay, I'll just take Washington. We'll, we'll cover you the other fuck. one if nobody picks it. Who are, you, who are you talking about? Stanford? No, I just said we'll cover it if somebody picks it. Okay, I don't think. Okay. Okay, Schaefer between one and two, two. Yes, sir. Two it is. Sir. I. Oh man, I like my dark horse team, but I'm gonna stick to my word. Give me USC at two. Okay, so both two pointers are on there. I thought that was where you were going this entire time. No, but before I talked about Utah being a dark horse, I said USC is gonna win the South. Okay, well, 
Both two-point teams are off the board besides Utah, and now I kind of feel obligated to take Utah. However, um, I'll take Oregon. I'll take the chalk. I, th- I think if they win those road games, then they kind of run away with that conference. And like we said earlier, Shave, this is going to be a beat-upon-each-other conference, I think. So I'll take Oregon. Maybe if they win the mat- meaningful games, but that's that's honestly a tough conference. Like Those are tough lines that you set there. Okay. Yep. That wraps it up. Everything we're talking college football for now we will be back for a part two of this podcast. College football preview part two will obviously include talks on the Big 12 and the SEC, the two power five conferences we have not touched on. And we'll talk about some group of five teams that matter. Obviously, you'll get your coastal, your Louisiana Lafayette teams that are in the top 25 and that you need to watch out for. And we'll be back. But we talked on a lot tonight, a lot of great information, a lot of in-depth analysis from the boys. Um, We appreciate you joining us. We're super happy that you're here. So make sure you come back for part two. Download the Vigit app today. We love you, and we'll see you soon. Deuces. Fight on.